Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. This is WWE Hall of Famer, The Think, Howard Finkel, and you're listening to the Nerd Coalition. Welcome to No Gimmicks Needed. Yes! 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 If you can survive, if I let you. You have to be the man! You gotta beat the man! Woo! The kids do dig that sucker. Do I have everybody's attention now? Yeah, I hear you, CM Punk. Welcome back to the No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Mr. A&E, and joining me is my co-host, not Deion Sanders, but Primetime. What's up, y'all? It's me, the P-R-I-M-E. Yep, we are back with another podcast, episode 141. I know 140 was very uh, a big episode, so I had to split it up in two parts. I, I now, and did this for the second week I had to do that. I'm not trying to have these episodes in two parts at all. I am trying to have a full episode for you guys and stuff like that. But we, we just were so behind on everything, so there was a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about in this podcast also, but I don't think it's going to be uh, a two-part podcast by any means you know what I'm, saying? I'm gonna try to make sure we don't do that so also uh in you, you know uh like i said a lot to talk about but let's make sure we go pay the bills and you guys check out spacesphilly.com the production company we are a part of and check out the great content they have on their site such as the lulu and pop the lulu and pop horror show both sides and the mark and dark show then you guys can check us out on there as well the nerd coalition content the no gimmicks needed wrestling podcast nerd gas and talk podcast turntables hip-hop culture and beyond and drunk dog sober tongues along with uh, the new still uh, in the works Ballers Lounge podcast so make sure you guys check out all that great stuff over there as well and then make sure you guys check out therealnerdcoalition.com also where you guys can uh, we have a link up there where you guys can listen to all our podcasts along with the merch that we got up there as well you guys can get yourself the nc logo with the shazam lightning bolt going through that's the most popular logo at the moment the regular nc logo the retro nc logo and of course the no gimmicks needed wrestling podcast t-shirts man that's what we up there selling you guys can listen if this is one of your favorite wrestling podcasts then make sure you get the merch to represent this is one of your favorite podcasts we got it in hoodies it's getting a little warm we got t-shirts we still are in a pandemic but the weather don't stop so if you if it get a little hotter out there make sure you have a no gimmick seated wrestling podcast t-shirt on i mean come on guys and also you guys listen to to us on all the podcasts that's we're on spotify iHeartRadio, stitcher google play spreaker all the great stuff i did and also on youtube premium you guys listen to podcasts on youtube which i do a couple times we'll listen to snippets of podcasts where we do that you guys should check out youtube premium so you guys can lock your phone where you're listening to us. But if you have Google Play, I, I have been told that you should already have YouTube Premium. So I wanted to make sure I got the bills out the way before we talk about 
a lot of things today on this show, Primetime. And uh, I think, you know, to start things off real quick, uh, I have not done a Raw raw review with you in a while. Okay. So, the big news on Raw, I mean, you guys can go check out my Raw review that I did, and it actually did pretty good numbers, is that the man, Becky Lynch, is pregnant. Okay, all right, I'm good. Good. I thought you were going to say that other tagline. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> okay. I, I, I can't okay. do that. Uh, it was okay. the, the man Becky Lynch is pregnant, and what Oscar really won at Money in the Bank was the Women's Championship. That's probably why Sasha wasn't in that matchup. Because, look, I, you know, my wife brought up a very good point. She said she thinks Becky was pregnant at WrestleMania. Yeah, she probably was. Yeah. yeah, and because look now, as men, you know we don't understand certain things, and for 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 men who don't have kids, don't understand certain things. I'm telling you this right now. I, I had to learn this when my wife was pregnant. She never told anybody until after the first trimester, because the first trimester is the trimester where, even though you're pregnant, that's the highest time you can lose the baby. The highest time is in that okay. first that first trimester area, like because you, you're spotting, you're bleeding. It's not v- really formed into a baby yet, so so many you can miscarry. All those things happen in the first trimester. So women tend to not tell anybody they're pregnant until after the because once they make it to, past the first trimester, they're in the second trimester. Now it's developing into a baby. Now life is starting to grow. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's. It ain't like Becky just took the test to, on Sunday and was just like, "Damn, I'm pregnant." She's been probably going through the first trimester, and like and like my wife said, the match at WrestleMania, I was like, that was kind of short. That that wasn't kind of a that wasn't a WrestleMania matchup between her and Shayna Baszler because she was probably pregnant at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Shayna uh, hit her head against the announce table and all that stuff too. Exactly. So I'm saying, but you know, so. But, but, Be- but Becky won that thing. So I, I, that was a good observation. So with Sasha not being in the because I was like, everybody knows if Sasha's in this matchup, she has to win. T- yeah, but uh, uh, my question is, if they probably had a new or had an idea, why didn't they just have her drop the belt at Mania? Because I don't think they, I, I'm saying she probably knew at Mania. Okay. Not okay. them. Just like I said, women don't tell anybody they're pregnant at the first trimester. Okay, okay. Yeah, they won't. And I'm like, at that time, I don't know if Becky had a decision like, I want to keep. Because remember, Becky had a situation years ago where she got pregnant and she got rid of the baby. Okay, okay. I don't know if you remember that one, but but, but, but she went and there was rumors that she went to get the, the abortion. You know what I'm saying? Because allegedly uh, of what happened and then, you know, she lost the baby that way. Because once again, her, this was still, you know, uh, early main roster Becky Lynch. So she ain't even become the man. She ain't win a championship. She was just Becky Lynch. You know what I'm saying? So, you know. She just played, played old Becky. But now, she's with child now and obviously everybody knows who the daddy is. So, how was this this breaking news to you? Like you know, were you because you know, her and Oscar broke character in the ring? I was very happy for her. 
as you say. Yeah, I was happy too. Yeah. Bringing bringing children into this in this world is a hard thing, but it's such it's also such a beautiful thing. It's the miracle of life. I mean, I'm not gonna say it the way Natalia said it to say the base the miracle of motherhood, but you know. <laughs> But, but uh, she don't even know anything about either. What? Well, right. uh, oh, yeah, I know, I know. She basically caught on that too. But yeah, yeah she she's pregnant. Her and Seth Rollins, you know. So obviously, Becky's career has been put on hold, and she was she she was on top. She was on top, and you got to think about the accomplishments she had. She had plenty of accomplishments because I really think like her, Sasha and Charlotte, when it comes to the four horsewomen, have done the most. When it comes to these accomplishments, don't get me wrong. Bailey has done her accomplishments as well, also. But you know, uh, main event in WrestleMania, her and um, you know Ronda and, and Charlotte, of course. And then she's been champion ever since WrestleMania 35. She has not lost it yet. So she has never, she has never lost it. So she was on top, and now her career is being put on hold because now, like I said, she has to go away. And mm-hmm. she's go, uh, like I said, for about another seven to eight months, and then of course, after she has the baby, it ain't like all right, Seth, take the baby, we out. No, that's not how it works. The, the she had the body has to heal, and then after she's gonna be out for at least like a good two and a half, three years. Becky Lynch will probably be out for a good year and a half. <laughs> Just a year and a half. No, Just, that's it. I mean, because honestly, it's that determined factor that she has of being on top. But you know what? It, 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 it may be two years because I say, because you don't want to leave your newborn child with no nanny. You don't because it's a newborn child because the child needs to get the chance to know who you are. And even, yeah. even when I was in the hospital, they recommend that when your baby's first born, you do a lot of skin to skin contact. Like, cause the baby's okay. naked and everything, and of course you have a diaper on, but then you know you take your shirt off stuff like that, and it, it, so they can sense who you are. That's what the baby's going to need to do with Seth and with Becky. So, like I said, you, you know you're probably right about it. A year and a half, two years, she's going to be gone, and then of course when she, the body has to heal, then she has to work hard to get back, and then she, her body has to get used to. The trauma of taking a bump again. Exactly, and then on top of that, she is going to have a baby to the point where she's going to enjoy being a mother. But I think she's going to really want to come back. So, I'll, is uh just uh, real quick, is, is Becky Lynch the only uh, female to get pregnant while like on top? She, I was, we just about said she is the only woman that I have known that has that, that was on. And I mean, on top. To get well. pregnant, yeah. <laughs> You're funny. You're funny. You, you would do that. So no, I mean no, because I think Brie Bella got pregnant, but she wasn't like on top. She was just like kind of there still. Yeah, but, uh, but, but but the question is, when was Brie Bella ever the the well, highest Brie Bella has ever yeah, been? Yeah, right. Was yeah, that right. was that Rory with Stephanie McMahon at SummerSlam? Yeah, twenty four years saying that's the yeah, highest. Was, yeah, I'm talking about like. She went like like Trish Stratus big or over or Lita over exactly yeah, at that no. point yeah yeah, yeah. if she was on the level of Trish and Lita and stuff like that then yeah, it's different but Bree Bree never was on that level because it'd be different if you said like Nikki because she was the longest Divas champion and stuff like whether we like Nikki or not she had the the more accomplishments than Bree did 
you know, she wanted to, but you know, he was like, yeah, nah. She, she was like, I get all this stuff right now. He was like, you good. <laughs> And I, I don't want to. You're you're doing good, just the way you are. <laughs> exactly. So you know, but yeah. So Becky, the, the only one that gave uh, was on top and had had to give it up. So this is unprecedented. And this, and like I said, she's going to. Like I said, I, we don't know who's going to be in the company when she comes back. You know what I'm saying? Or, or whatever the case may be. Now, now Seth obviously still going to be there, but then Seth's going to have to get written off because he's going to have to be with Becky kind of like how Nick Jackson is with his wife uh, after, the, after yeah. they, they had yeah. a baby and I, I mean I, I, we were hearing rumors like before Wrestlemania that they were going to take time away after Wrestlemania I don't know if they planned this out to take time for pregnancy or not but I was hearing those rumors that they were going to take time out after Wrestlemania to go away Yeah, they're going to have to because Daniel Bryan had to, had to do the same thing like because a lot of people, a lot of people may think like, man, you can just go ahead and wrestle until the baby come. I'm like, bruh, that's not how. Obviously, you don't have kids, or you're not married, or you're not fiance, or whatever the case may be, because you don't understand how this shit go. I'm like, when she gets bigger, athlete or not, she gonna need help. That's just what it yeah, is. Yeah, but uh, some well, then again, like some people, they do have their moms with them and stuff like the Miz. He stayed on the road probably until like maybe a month before. Exactly. Like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm saying so. Yeah, Seth could do that because they they got the Lamas class. You know, what I'm saying they they got they got those people to to help them. And then of course, but I, I do know that Seth Seth is gonna probably want to be there. So, but even but when it comes time for the baby to come, Seth gonna go away for a minute also before he comes back. Yep. Just just, just like, like the Miz went away for about what was it two months? I think it yeah, was. I felt like it was that long because he was also probably shooting a movie in the middle. Yeah, so he he went away for a while. The next thing you know, he came back to either Raw or SmackDown. I forgot which one it was. <laughs> and like it's still like almost as soon as he came back, he was like, "Yeah, she pregnant again." Yeah, exactly. Like, damn. So, so Seth's gonna miss some time. So obviously, they're gonna find a way to write him off if they haven't done so already. So you know, I, why can't they do those old WWE storylines when you get like destroyed and you just off of TV? Yeah, well, you know, this is crazy. So, everybody has not been happy with Becky Lynch's pregnancy. And uh, your boy Jim Cornette had to make a couple comments here. And uh, this is what he had said, and I quote. Well, I'm not going to read to everything he said. on This is on WrestleZone.com. Uh, he said, this is a multi-million dollar talent, and she tells me she's pregnant? What the fuck? Cornette continues, this is like one of the boys breaking his leg on purpose while he's on top. You you can't control this. This is not like a fucking injury. This could have been controlled. It's not like I don't never want them to have children, but when both of you have top spots where you can make seven fucking figures a year and blah, 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 wait, three years and have a fucking baby? I find it insane for someone that young who ha- who has had that level of success for a short period of time. What's it been? Six, seven years? That's nothing. If I was Vince, I'll be hot because i sure be hot if it was my millions of dollars. This is not like an injury that can't be prevented. 
this could have been control and slash or time except the obvious didn't control it or time it but somebody that young that age that achieved that level of success have a baby the fuck jesus christ i'm god smacked i'm gobsmacked now i'm gonna stop there all right. Let me get your opinion real quick. I mean, he for one, he acting like Vince actually cared about her up until her uh, her second coming of the man. Uh-huh. Vince ain't care. She could have she could have left if Vince would have said all right. But you know, of course, since she got the man, she she making him money now. He of course he cares about all his wrestling, but now he really cares. But. Those are just Vince comments. Anyways, on to what Jim Cornette said. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, just what is wrong with him? <laughs> mm. What is wrong with him? Like, just how can you get mad at somebody for doing what they want to do in the business? I mean, yeah, they could make money. Yeah, but if they think they're set and they're ready and they're parents and they want to be parents now, then why not? Like. Some people don't want to be. Some people don't want to become parents when they like forty years old or something. You know, no offense to Edge or Bill Phoenix, but you know, some people don't want to do that. It, it, see, here's the thing. It's like he also says that if I was Vince, I'll start writing pregnancy clauses into every woman's contract because that's just fucking ludicrous. That was the same thing. Awesome Kong should have been a huge star. I mean, Awesome Kong was a star, just not in WWE, but. See, here's my issue because this is like a real chauvinistic way of thinking. And the question, like, like Beth Phoenix has two kids, right? Mm-hmm. Beth Phoenix comes back and still wrestles when she wants to. Yep. And Beth Phoenix looks like a fucking time capsule, like she walked right out of 2010. Mm-hmm. Yep. And in my opinion, I think Beth Phoenix left when she was on top. Beth Phoenix... Uh, she, I would say she left when she was on top about to decline because they were trying to build other people up. That's, that's yeah, just... You know, that's, that's, what that's what I'm saying because, see, I'm a huge fan of Beth Phoenix. Beth yeah. Phoenix, I was all into the Glamazon. I was all into all that stuff. And then they started having her lose matches to Caitlyn, Eve Torres, and they started just like jobbing her out. And I'm like... And then the whole rivalry with her and Lay Cool, I was just like, or I like Vicky. Yeah, and I like Lay Cool stuff like that. But I was like, but y'all out here and y'all embarrassing her because I really. And then she just lost her love for her because she knew. I'm like, look, this is Beth fucking Phoenix here, and she has built a character. She is like your new China, mm-hmm. in a way. And I'm just like y'all. And then y'all really like dropped the ball with it. So she left, and I think she left when she had. A lot, a lot left to take. Was I upset to see Beth leave? Hell, was I upset to see Mickey James leave? But she went to TNA and wrestled some more. But when when, mm-hmm. when, when Beth left, she said, "I'm retired." I'm just like, she only been in the game for about what five, six years? Like Trish Stratus? Who uh, Beth? Yeah. At that point, in WWE, uh, I mean, I'm talking she, about. She was in WWE. I think she was in there since like what oh six maybe. Oh five oh six. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, really? Okay. And, you know, if she wants to retire, she wants to retire. I'm just like, okay. If these women 
want to have families. You don't understand something. The older a woman gets, the more it puts them in. Uh, like once again, my wife is unable to join the podcast, but she will tell you that the older a woman gets, it's it's more wear and tear on the body, and they can actually lose their life trying to give birth. Mm-hmm, yeah. No, no, no woman wants to have a kid at forty. Yeah. Okay. Nobody. Yeah. Hell, no woman really wants to have a kid in their mid thirties. When 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 it comes to kids, they recommend you have kids in your mid twenties. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. Also, kids gonna grow, so you ain't trying to chase around no five ten year old at fifty. You not. That is true. Cause uh, I know <laughs> this is more on the dad side. I know some old dads that still got young kids for no reason. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you know, say Ron Ozzy out here. You know, about to go to eighth grade graduations and shit. He's seventy three years old. I'm like, bro, not even that, bro. Jackie J- Jackie Jackson is like seventy years old with kindergartners. Oh, he got two two twin kindergartners. Oh, I'm you, like, yeah. Right. Oh, you mean like the Jacksons, Jack- Jackie Jackson? Yes, <laughs> but see, here's, here's my here's my thing. This man sixty something years old. He That's got why I thought it was his grandkids. Bro, he, he, who the hell? He, who who are uh, kids? Because first of all, Jackie already got two kids. He got uh, Shiggy, who's the rapper, and Brandy. Mm-hmm. Those those his two kids. So he got two more. <laughs> they grown. Yeah. That, that, that should be their kids. That is hilarious. Yo, that makes no fucking see. See, that, that's what I'm saying. That makes no sense. So, Cornette is saying, first of all, why put it on in, in the closet of every woman? So, you mean to tell me Dana Brooks won't be on top one day? She's not. <laughs> Seriously, I, and I love Dana Brooks. Dana Brooks never going to be at the level of Becky Lynch. Now, I don't know. Shot in the pan, something may happen, but da- that's not going to be Dana Brooks' role. Every woman has a role. So D- D- Dana Brooke has to sign a clause to tell me that, that she can't get pregnant by the time she's there and she can be a lifer and then by the time she gets out at 39 years old, now it's time to have kids? That makes no fucking sense. Yeah, yeah. Carmella's never going to be on top like that. On, on top like that. She's not. I mean, and, and the reason why I say that is because Carmella has been a women's champion before. And she like, has been money in the bank, you know, all that. Exactly. She has accomplishments, but I'm just saying, but she only went to a certain level. She's not going to main event a pay-per-view like Charlotte. Or look, Let's just face it. The big women are the four horsewomen in WWE right now. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, you got some people that, that kind of run up behind them, but it's like, like Naomi or somebody like that. But other than that, there is nobody else that can do that. And first of all, why can't women have kids? And run- Lacey Evans got a child. Yeah, but you know, some people might argue she had that child before she came to WWE. So I mean, you 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 are right on that one as well. But if if Becky just had, because first of all, like I said, allegedly she had to abort the other one. That's what allegedly it was. I'm not gonna sit there and say it was fact. Some people say it is. Some people say that it's not. Exactly. So, so that's a hard thing to do, you know, for people. I. And, you know, I'm not trying to put my business out there, but I've been through that. I have been through that, and that's a hard, especially if you know. For it, it, it all depends on how you feel, what your belief is, and all that stuff like that. And it's hard to do something like mm-hmm. that. 
And if it happened, it's kind of like, okay, uh, oh, first of all, and he talked about some, it's controlled. Okay, so let me stop having sex and go do drugs. Because you need something to do when you're a, a, a wrestler. Okay? And maybe the stress of the job, you just probably want some sex because it's, 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 it's one of it's with my fiance. So me and my fiance are not supposed to have sex? Or, you know, say, we. Bangling the Jim Cornette? Well, I'm saying to, to wrap it up, I, I, I'm sorry. It really took me over the edge when he's sitting there saying, uh, put, you know, pregnancy causes in these women. I'm like, you have got to be. That's a chauvinistic thing to, to think about. These women have choices. These women are able to go out and do what they need to do and do what they want to do. And if they want to have family, it's her decision. She know, and it's not like like I said, Becky Lynch. I have all the confidence in the world will be back, and she will be welcome back. And honestly, right now, we're we're in this pandemic. She probably want to come back to a crowd. Can you imagine the pop Becky Lynch would get coming back? I'm sure it'll be a pop. It'll be a <laughs> role warrior pop. Exactly. It's like this: if Brie Bella wants to come back and have a match, she she can do that. If Maurice wants to come back and have a but I said, but Maurice is content with being a stay at home mom. Yeah, she's she's doing just fine. She uh, having fun or whatever. Exactly. She, that she is content doing that. So I I, I don't see a problem. Look, I'm happy for Becky Lynch, and if any of these women out here want, want to go out, like it would hurt me if Naomi, you know, left because you know she was pregnant. With uh, Jimmy Uso's baby. But here's the thing. I think Naomi plateaued already. Now, I mean, I think she... I think Naomi might wait only because uh, Jimmy already has two kids. So she technically, they kind of share. But I think she might yeah. wait till after she's done yeah. in that situation. She probably will. But the thing is, look, Naomi has been women's champion twice. And it's like, okay, so she's, she, she's been on top also, but she still wasn't on that Becky level. Now, the, the thing is, something could happen. Uh, Naomi can, um, you know, turn here. Like, look, the glow gimmick will never be a, on, on a Sasha Banks level or a Charlotte level or stuff like that. If she goes heel, and next thing you know, and then same thing, same thing with, with Becky Lynch, and she, she just starts getting, you know, all, all the popularity, and she gets a Kofi Mania kind of thing going on, then yeah. She she has that, but she know after a while, Vince ain't going to invest for too much time in certain women. Yeah, especially it's it's rare too. So exactly that level of over that level of being over is is very rare. So because if Becky Lynch, it's like this because we need a what if for WWE. What if Nia Jax never broke Becky Lynch's nose? She wouldn't be as over, but still over. I feel. Is that I'm just saying because that sign of her, you know, being down and then her bleed, something like that, leading, leading, leading SmackDown would, would be, you know, things. It's like there are certain things that happen to get get them to that point. So that's all, you know, all I'm saying. Yeah, no, but, I, I, I understand. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, going on to some uh to to, to, to uh, some more drama. Uh, in the rest of the world. So you, you uh, heard about your boy Mark Henry and Leo Rush again? I haven't. I, I honestly stopped paying attention to it after the first day. 
<laughs> you said after the first day. Like the first day, Leo was Mark was like, "Here, call this number," and then Leo was like, "This number not working." After that, I was like, "All right, I'm I'm not even paying attention to this no more." Look, okay, so at, there is uh, claims that here that Mark Henry is actually threatening to sue Leo Rush for defamation of character. Wow! Wow! Okay. So here's the whole thing going on with Mark Henry and Leo Rush. Obviously, last spring there was an issue about uh, Leo Rush having some problems backstage, and Mark Henry was saying, "You know, hey, I uh, I asked him, you know, what's wrong, and I could have helped him out. He told me there was nothing, and I got mad that he lied to my face. So I didn't. I mean, that's honestly that's a vague question, though. Yeah, I mean, see, because see, Mark Henry kind of old school, kind of, excuse me, Mark Henry is old school, so the thing is, it's kind of like, you know, when there's a problem with somebody, and you want to help my, you ask, it's like this, okay, so, if I know, you know, that, um, you got fired from your job, right, Prime? Mm-hmm. Say so you got fired from your job. I, I I know that, but you don't think I do know that, and you've been acting weird on the podcast, right? So I point to the side and be like, "Hey, yo, man, what's wrong?" You be like, "Ain't nothing. It's cool." I know you lying to me, but however, yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, you're right. But however, you have the right to not tell me and tell me. You don't have to tell me your business. You may not feel comfortable telling me your business you may not feel as though that I can offer you anything to help me you may not be in the mood to hear the yo man I'm sorry keep your head up type shit that's 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 real talk yeah uh I heard uh I forgot what Leo Rush was saying but he was talking about that situation and he was like it was like 20 things going on in my mind at that time and it was like a busy day a hectic day that I couldn't think straight. So when he asked me that, I was like, nah, it ain't nothing for him. I'm good. So I guess, and then Mark Henry took it upon himself, uh, from what I heard to go on his podcast, uh, Busted Open, uh-huh. and then just, to, and then to air out the situation. So I guess it was personal then after he aired that out, and then they had a little scuffle, and then it was over for how long, however long it was over. And then I guess Leo Rush woke up one morning, he was like, you know what? Fuck Mark Henry. Yes. We, just, we just started this. I think that's what happened. And then, yeah, and then it's like it, it started over again because uh, obviously he he uh lo- he got laid off. I'm still hoping that Leo Rush is full lord because I do. Nah, have... he, he's gone. He's he's gone. He is dead. Okay, he said he he's not coming back, huh? Because like yeah, I said, nah, first of all, he, he... Leo Rush is too young and too talented not to wrestle nowhere. Like I yeah, really I, don't, get... I don't. I think he might just don't like it. Not, like, lost passion in it for, he needs, like, something to get his passion back, I feel like. Well, I think he feels a lot like Rich Swan did, where WWE was his dream job. Look, you wrestled all over the Indies, you wrestled everywhere. Like I said, I've met Leo Rush, and, you know, you, you've done all this stuff, but however, WWE is the dream job for some guys. Like Drake Maverick, that's the dream job. I could be an impact all I want to. And hell, people may say, well, let's go to AEW. AEW's fine. AEW is a good uh, alternative. AEW is good wrestling, but we know that it's not WWE, and that's what that's what the, the dream job. I, I have a question for that dream job thing, though. Uh-huh. Like, and I know WWE. Of course, people want to get to WWE, but if they see all these people that 
they so excited, so full of energy when they get there, and then when they get there, they're so deprived. Why would that be your dream job still? Because everybody's not deprived. They're ma- look, right. I'm saying, look, look, look. We are not in the locker room, okay? Uh-huh. It's like this. If, if you got somebody, if you got a guy there that is content, because we we've seen interviews with all these older guys who be like, well. Some guys want to grab the brass ring and some guys are just content on being there. You have those guys who are content on being there. When AJ Styles first got there, AJ Styles was like, look, all that stuff I heard about WWE, I I haven't seen it yet. Because once again, AJ Styles came in there, did his thing, and that was it. And then AJ Styles started getting pushed to the moon. Because he's fucking AJ Styles, okay? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think honestly, he's the biggest face of your opposing competition yeah. that you had in the last 10 years or so exactly but, so I but, will understand that AJ Styles exactly okay. but everybody's situation is different and like I said yeah. Leo Rush his time in WWE was not bad he had the man hour gimmick going on 205 Live which is cool then he came and did Bobby Lashley's manager thing which was cool got dropped I mean, from there that was alright I mean, really though Bobby Lashley show everybody your ass I mean I don't uh, okay. come on the pose down thing was not the greatest. I'll give you that. It was not. It was not the greatest at all. But all and, us. And he been, talked about even more worse ideas. I've been hearing him talk about more worse ideas Vince McMahon has was uh, happening that that didn't happen. Yeah, but then he he's like, okay, fine. They drop him. Triple H brings him back in the NXT. He's the cruiserweight champion, and he's doing good for himself. Mm-hmm. He's doing good for himself, and then now he got fired and mm-hmm. you know it's unfortunate. It's like okay if I go to AEW because first of all he may have been getting three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a year I don't know if AEW going to pay him that it depends they might you know but I don't think he's going to I don't think he's I don't think he's focused on wrestling right now I mean no he's not focused on wrestling right now but I, I think it's because WD was you know the dream job he was looking for so he comes out and says that Mark Henry holds black wrestlers back. And Mark Henry took offense to that and told him to, to not come at his blackness. And he said, when you go out to the performance center, you see all them, d- d- those those uh, black and colored people that's down there. I am responsible for 80% of them coming there. Yeah, so, you know what I'm saying? Uh, don't disrespect my blackness. The next time you talk to me should be an apology. And, you know, he said, you know, I got lawyers that, you know, that was a, you know, a, a, a Harvard graduate. I don't know if you talk about David Otunga or not, but you know, hey, that'd be kind of cool. But, you know, basically the, the, the kind of keep the name out, out your mouth. You know, now I see it kind of from both ways with the Leo Russian Mark Henry stuff. But the, the thing is, Mark Henry is old school, and the, the thing is, I, I don't think Mark Henry holds black wrestlers back at all. Honestly, and, I just see this whole thing as being petty. That's I mean, just me. I mean, well, the, the the whole thing is being petty, but it's it's not. I'm not going to just go on the side of Leo Rush also to be like uh, that that he he has no wrong in this. Because yeah, I, feel like, I feel like it's from both sides, honestly. Because like, it, it, Leo Rush had issues, and 
there there was backstage reports of his attitude backstage. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. we, we we know what kind of society we live in. If Mark Henry's trying to pull his black counterparts, his co-workers aside by, look, let me tell you how you can make the most money, be successful in this business without going around here making yourself look like a like either like a slave or you know a, a doormat or whatever the case may be. And if he wasn't here for that advice, then you know Leo Rush, you know you got a problem. For Mark Henry, who's been there, you know what I'm saying he's been there, he's done that, and uh, he uh, has done a lot in that company as well. I'm not saying Mark Henry is the Kurt Angle of wrestling, but Mark Henry is a very fantastic athlete, and like I said, and was a good character. And, you know, it's not like the heel turn was the only thing Mark Henry had. Which Leo Rush was making it seem, and I'm just like, you know, Leo Rush, you make also you make us as black people as well look bad. Also, it goes both ways. Now, like I said, now Mark didn't have to go out there and expose and tell Leo Rush that he spends his money doing this and he don't make this much money here and he should be more thankful. He didn't have to go on his radio show and do that. He didn't. <laughs> He didn't have to do that, but you know. Honestly, this whole thing would have been rest to bed. For one, if Leo Rush didn't get up one morning and said, you know what, I think I'm going to pick up Mark Henry. Yeah. And for two, for Mark Henry to actually uh, indulge in it, it would have been over. But they didn't want to go back and forth and still continuing to go back and forth. Yeah. Like, that's why I was over it. I was over it after, after he said, after, after Mark Henry said, call this number. And we can call, we can talk about your album, your new album on the radio show. He said, I don't need your help to promote my new album. But by the way, this number isn't working. After that, I was like, all right, well, I kind of uh, don't care anymore. Okay, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because he, he, he offered to promote the album. I'm just like, hey, why not? I'm like, crush this bullshit. Because first of all, in real life, Mark Henry could probably kill Lil Rush. The world's strongest life, man, man, the world's strongest man older a punch in the chest will it'll rush low chest and cave kill him. Depending on where you punch it, because he probably know where to punch it and everything. Exactly. I'm just like, yeah. So, look, look, look on real talk, you you not you not trying to square with Mark Henry right now. You just not about to try to do that. You know, say fast or not, you not trying to square square with him right now. So, but uh, I was just like, okay, well, that's just that's just unfortunate. But you know, uh, speaking of more unfortunate, I'm like, what does we bring? Sami Zayn has been stripped of the Intercontinental Championship. Okay. And, well, I was liking Sami as a champion, as his first championship in the, in the company. But uh, now there's a tournament on SmackDown to see who's going to crown the new Intercontinental Champion. And I thought, I, I'm, I'm like, well, most of the matches look cool to me. Like, we got AJ Nakamura. Oh, give me a break. Oh, my God. What? Sure. Sure. What? I just want, I just want something. I just, I want something else. What you mean? We ain't get this match in two years. I'm talking about, we, we got AJ and Shinsuke. Yeah, that is good. I would have saved that for the finals. We got Drew, uh, we got Daniel Bryan and his training partner. Drew Gulak. That's what they're calling him. That's what they're calling him now. Oh, his training, training partner. Wow, because we, we will get <laughs> into that. that. We will get into that. Let me know the video today. He said Daniel Bryan and his training partner. Then we got Elias and Corbin, which they haven't mm. had a couple matches. Nobody cared about that. And then we got Jeff Jesse Hardy Dolph. and Sheamus. And Jeff Hardy and Sheamus, which is a feud, which they act like this was about to be a big 
feud and they just fighting in the first round of a tournament. Sure. Yeah. I just want to change it up. I really, I just really would change it up. It's just okay. my personal. Okay. Hold on, but before we get into the changing up everything. So, it is believed that Sami Zayn does not want to work because of the pandemic. I don't blame him. Of course. I do not Because bl- people got to understand something. Look, nobody wants to... Like I said, you don't know what the underlying issues or health issues are of a performer or of an athlete or whatever the case may be. I know they had to keep their bodies in tip-top shape, but you never know what the underlying issue of that performer necessarily is. And if Sami Zayn feels uncomfortable because they made it seem if you feel uncomfortable, you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, being uh, reprimanded or whatever the case may be. So if he don't want to wrestle, he don't have to wrestle. But he's a champion, so it messed up their storyline a little bit. So there is, there is saying there is some heat back there. What storyline? What storyline? Tell me. There, there wasn't a storyline. I'm just saying from uh, uh, WWE's perspective, that's what happened. You know. Okay. All right. Yes. All right. Yes. Hopefully. Um they can do something. I mean, if they really want to talk about actually doing something, then why not actually make it mean something when they crown the champion, whoever? Well, so here's the thing. So now, uh, like I said, I, I, if there is heat backstage uh, with Sami Zayn, I'm just like, well, that's very unfortunate. I mean, I, I did hear that he is kind of hard to work with. Him and Kevin Owens were at a point were hard to work with. I think they say Sami Zayn is hard to work with because he, he, uh, when he wrestles, he likes to he likes to know everything planned out. Oh, like he, he oh, can't so he, like call a match. So, so he's like Macho Man. Well, he has to have everything planned out. Like he can't just go in there and call a match. Like like while it's out there, you know. Yeah, like Booker T and them. Yeah, he can't do that. Oh, okay. Oh, he'll go crazy. Yeah. You know how he, <laughs> he he got like the anxiety of wanting to be perfect or wanting it to go. In the order, so he don't mess up. I guess you know. Yeah, which it's understandable, but you know, I guess people that usually just go out there and call their matches isn't used to it. You're you're, you're right on that one as well. So here's the tournament. Now, if you want to switch it up, because first of all, like I said, uh, my SmackDown review you guys can check out as well. Daniel Bryan beat Drew Gulak's personal trainer. We'll get into Drew Gulak in a minute, uh, and then. Elias beat Corbett, which it should have been in the first place. I was like, I'm not going to see that. So, next up is AJ Nakamura. So, then Elvance, then Sheamus, and Jeff Hardy. Here's my thing. Daniel Bryan, Sheamus, and is the pick for me to win the tournament. Because I really think if they're, they're trying to give Nakamura that Daniel Bryan match. Okay. That's why I think he's going. I think Nakamura's going to be AJ because AJ's so suffering from PTSD, and I really think that something is going to knock AJ off his game. They keep showing all this Undertaker bullshit for some reason, uh, whether it be in the Money in the Bank match or him watching the last ride trailer. He, it, it's it's a reason they keep showing this kind of stuff. So I really think that PTSD is going to come in, uh, come in, and Nakamura's going to win the matchup. I really think Nakamura's going to be Elias. I think Nakamura's in the finals, and then I think that it's going to be Daniel Bryan, and it's going to be uh, she- Sheamus. Oh, you know what? It may be Jeff Hardy. 
But I think Daniel Bryan Nakamura is the finals for me. And I did that. I did that. That's a great dream match finals for the Intercontinental Championship because Daniel Bryan has stated since 2015 that he wants to win the Intercontinental Championship and bring it to SmackDown. He has said this. It is documented that he wants to turn that to back to the work. He wants to turn back to days of when Mr. Perfect and Bret Hart was Intercontinental Champion. Okay. Where the best worker, the best wrestler has the Intercontinental Championship and he wants to bring it on SmackDown because he knows SmackDown is full of shit right now. So, okay. I think he, he truly wants to do that. In an interview, uh, Sheamus did on the podcast, he said that he's a Grand Slam champion. Who knew? And what Sheamus wants to do, the only championship he, he's never won is in a kind of championship. Yeah. So he, he wants that belt also. And at first, we thought we was going to get she- I thought we was going to get Sheamus versus Braun at WrestleMania, which I thought would have been a decent matchup. For the for the championship, and Sheamus would have won it there, but that ended up didn't be the case. So that's that's what I'm saying. But with this thing with, with Jeff Hardy, I think to keep the feud going, Jeff needs to win. Honestly, I wouldn't even put Jeff in this tournament because if he's not going to win the title, then why even put it on? If y'all want to build him up like they was doing, yeah. Why he's going to build up the second coming of Jeff Hardy? Then why even put him in this tournament if he's not going to win the belt for the for the first part? Two, I don't, I mean, if we talk about in general with the list of the people that we have, then I will, I will go with Shinsuke again, give him another run, give him something to do. Yeah. That don't include, give him maybe a face run or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. But that's just me of the people that's in the mat, in the tournament already. Yeah. Maybe even Elias, something fresh. I don't know. Actually, I think he had the build, didn't he? A lot. Uh, did Elias have, I knew he had 24-7 championship. I, had the oh, I don't know. I gotta go back and look at that. I I, I really don't remember that. Uh, so uh, so I, I mean, hey, know. so if it, you said you wanted to switch it around, so if you so if you were going to switch it around, what would it have been? I would I would take out Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. Okay. Uh, I would take out AJ because he's on Raw, so he don't. I wouldn't even bring him over. Yeah, well, oh, uh, because you know, we, got, we got we got the new wild card rule. Sure. Yeah, uh, which is you know, I would, <laughs> and I will probably either take out Drew Gulak or put him somewhere else in the tournament. But I would definitely put Cesaro in there because I think he deserves something at least. I, I really think he gets short in the stick a lot of the times, so and I think he at least needs something. So I put Cesaro in there, Shinsuke. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak and Elias and Baron Corbin. I would have them in there changed up. And then if we talk about other people, then I mean, I think this would be a perfect time maybe to bring back a uh, Ali if he's going to wrestle or something. Just I just want somebody to get new chances. That's all. New yeah. chances are like fresh faces. Fresh, fresh faces and fresh like matchups. That's all. I do agree. I'm Daniel Bryan has never I mean he's been a kind of champion before but he hasn't been in a long time so I mean I, I do get it because I'm like I don't know when Ali's coming back I don't know what the plan for Ali is to be honest with you because we, we don't even know if that hacker person is Ali but yeah we I, don't know but yeah. I mean but I, I think I think we, we, we're pretty sure it is but you know and obviously 
they want to boost some ratings because, like I said, it, that's, that's why I think AJ Styles is winning because obviously they're keeping it to mostly everybody on that tournament was SmackDown except for AJ Styles. Yeah, which I mean, they couldn't have picked just one more person over for for uh, SmackDown. Is that I, I know, but you this is their way of trying to obviously boost ratings because it's that same bullshit that happened last time. Uh, you know when it, when it's when the Raiders go, they gotta find a way to do wild card. But this time, it's gonna be done with better rules and you know stuff like that, whatever. That because the last is. time, <laughs> last time on wild card, he said it's only gonna be four people. As soon as she said four people, that same night it was like five or six people that came over. Exactly. Okay, we, so, we about to get the return of Lars Sullivan, bro. Oh God. So right. also now. Out of nowhere, we have to talk about it. Out of nowhere, WWE released Drew Gulak. I, I don't think they were. I think his contract ran out. No, no, no. no I, 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 I know his contract ran out. I'm just saying, but as of right now, the way we, we got it, it just said WWE releases Drew Gulak. I'm just like, oh, well, well, yeah. And at first, I'm just like, hold on. That hurt us because that, that's Philly right there. Yeah. Now, what we learned is that. Drew Gulak's contract uh, ran out, and he did not sign again. Yep, he did not resign. Yep. He did not resign, and you know what? That does kind of hurt because it's like, okay, I get it. Maybe he goes to AEW and be- becomes a threat. And I'm just like, but I liked. First of all, when, when Drew Gulak first came, and I was like, he's from Philly. I didn't like Drew Gulak in, in the 205. I mean, not 205. And um. The cruiserweight, cruiserweight yeah, the cruiserweight class. I was out of, I was like, he's a grappler, a little bit. I was like, he's not, he's not really necessarily high flyer. The cruiserweight. I'm like, why is he here? And then the PowerPoint presentation started. Okay. With the okay. no fly zone, I like okay. that Drew Gulak. And then he grew the facial hair and got real serious. Oh, you didn't like Gabba Gulak? God. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I watched Evolve, and that match he had with Matt Riddle was a thing of magic. Uh-huh, yeah. And I, now that's the Gulak I like. Now, him coming out there, and tr- this is, these are the matches that Gulak needs to be having with matches with, like, Daniel Bryan and Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. I was like, why y'all got him pitching toe in the Cruiserweight division? So those are kind of matches right there that I really, really love from Drew Gulak. So... It bothers me that he's leaving. It does. I ain't gonna lie to you. I don't think they made an effort. Like from from like the revival, say like the revival, how they kept offering them money mm-hmm. over money over money over money. I don't think they really tried that with him because I don't think he was that much of a threat for them to keep him or not. Like I don't think they, it really mattered to them if he stayed or left. Yeah, but see, I, it's like certain people. I try to picture an AEW. I he's not, I don't think he's going to AEW. So you think he just goes back to goes back to the Indies? No, I think he go to to the Indies and New Japan because I think New Japan would be a very good uh, thing for him whenever they open up because you say you like those hard hitting matches. Yeah. He can have those in New Japan with everybody that I will really want him to face. So that's why I would say New Japan. You know what? That is a great fit for him because I keep forgetting about New Japan because ever since they closed that off, I just keep forgetting about you know those things like that. But I'm like, yeah, there there are a couple matches that 
Drew Gulak, I wanted to see Drew Gulak in, but I mean, obviously we can't at the moment. But uh, it, it is very unfortunate. I was like, man, I was because I kind of hope because usually when WWE superstars leave, you know what they do? They got to go talk to Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jericho, we getting him. Jericho be like, all right, one day you get released. All right, we'll come on my podcast the next day. All right, cool. Exactly, <laughs> and and talk about all the shit you couldn't talk about before, and that that that's what the, the, the revival did. We didn't get. Did you hear that talk of Jericho? Yeah, I, I listened to it. Yeah, how was it? It wasn't as it wasn't as tell all as uh, the Moxley one, because now every time somebody gets released and go and talk to Jericho, they're going to uh, compare it to the Moxley one. But uh, the the what are they now? The revolts. It's actually it's actually very good. Just talking about how much they love tag team wrestling. Basically, is what it is. No, okay. They were, and like even just real quick. I'm sorry. Mm. Did you did you see that picture that that they was teasing that that was a uh, had the revival looking like clowns or something? Did you see that? No, I did. Okay, so yeah, they said it, they said this actually did pitch that to them. I said that they were going to be clowns in spite because. They said you can't you can't win or do anything in the tag team division unless you're doing a clown act, and they said they would have did it, but after that it was over. Like after their contract runs out, they're over. They're not resigning. They don't care how much money they give you. Uh, we we are not resigning. We're not coming back at all. So I think that was a good listen. I think I would listen to it. I, I would give it a listen. Oh yeah, I I, I got you guys because you know. Talk is Jericho gonna be um <laughs> gonna be on point for a, a while, but yeah. So I, I can see Drew Drew Gulak going there, but it's a unfortunate that he got he got released. But uh, these things do happen. Uh, speaking of all that stuff, did you see Dark Side of the Ring this past week? Oh yes, I did. And I'm talking about the one. That focuses on the careers of the Road Warriors. Oh yes, I did. Oh yeah, that so, was a that was very you know very uh, interesting. I have to say, these Dark Sides of the Ring episodes, man, season two brought it. They mm, brought yeah, it. Two. I cannot. I hope they get a season three. Yeah, I really hope they get a season three because there's so much more that they can talk about. But um, season three, I really hope that. Yeah. Like, I really hope that it comes out. And I felt as though that this was a good buffer episode to get us to Owen Hart. And I don't even think this was a buffer. Like, I kind of <laughs> this episode was actually like good. It, it was. You know? It was good. I'm just saying because we went from Herb Abrams and cocaine. To <laughs> <laughs> to the road wars I was like okay and then we're going to Owen Hart I was like okay we, we, we about to because it had a perfect balance of hurt and laughter yeah in the same yeah. thing so uh the road the road warriors hawking animal uh animal being the brother of John Laronitis which they did not address in the show for some reason uh, I didn't know that yeah <laughs> uh Paul Ellering was in there mm-hmm. And I was like, isn't he signed the WWE contract? No. Oh. Oh, man. I no, he, no, when he, when, when they went to the main roster, he bounced. And I was, because I was like, you can't 
talk about the Road Warriors and not have Paul Ellering there. You just can't. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they, they, they talked about, you know, uh, how Hawk was a very rambunctious kid because they, they had his dad. Well, no, no, no. They, they had his two brothers on there, right? Or was it? His, his, yeah. Yeah. They started out, <laughs> they started out like, he was a big bully, wasn't he? Look at him in this picture. He's bullying yeah. him. I'm like, dang. I was like, he said he couldn't go anywhere without hitting people, you know, causing fights and everything. That day. So he was he he was the wild kid. Where Animal was more of I want to say reserved kid. I mean, he was still a badass. That you know you don't want to mess with stuff like that. But still, and then uh, they they met each other at a gym, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a gym. He tapped him on the chest while he was doing the bench oh, press. Yeah. So he was do- he was doing the bench press and look. I, I'm guilty for doing this. I do shit at the gym too, but I'd be going. To, I do it after they done their sets. So and I'd be like, get hype. But you know, uh, he was always saying. He said he just this chest, this hand just came down and said, you know, you could be nothing more than that. And I'm just like, my God, can you imagine somebody hit me in the chest like that? I'm on the incline press. Yeah, especially a big handprint on your chest. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So that just, uh, yeah. they uh, went. To uh, you know, uh, they met, you know, kind of hit it off after that, and then uh, wait, now I'm trying to make, make make sure I get this right of how they got into the, the, the professional wrestling scene. They <laughs> was in the bar, so when they came up and said, "You oh, guys should be wrestlers." <laughs> That's what it was. Basically. That's how this shit be happening in the '80s, bro. That's how this shit be happening. You know, back in the day. Uh, so they came up and because. Wasn't there a bar fight that, 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 that they started? I don't think they started it, but it was like in it. Yeah. Involved in it, yeah. And then, yeah, and the state, you know, beat the shit out of, you know, people. They was like, yo, you guys can really be wrestlers. And then uh, they really, they, they got into uh, the wrestling scene. And then he said, now, I'm trying to think which one was the Animal or Hawk, the one. Oh, I think it was Animal, the one who said he kind of looked like the village people. His, his, his first look that he had. And he he definitely did, he definitely did. And then uh, they didn't um, get that whole road warrior look until they was until uh, what was it? I think they was in Crockett when that when that happened. Yeah, they uh, they had a a couple looks too, like a couple looks that I feel like should have. I don't know. They got. A, I'm just saying they got a couple looks that they that they worked on. I'm glad they got that, that main look down. Mm-hmm. Well, so, well they, they said they had the it factor, and they were the greatest tag team. And you know what? People always have this, you know, argument: is it Road Warriors or is it Demolition? Before I go on, who is it for you? I mean, I would have to go with the Road Warriors just because I don't really have much in the Demolition. Because uh, Demolition was a decent tag team. Well, don't don't yeah. sleep on Demolition. But you know, what I'm saying because uh, because Barry Barry Drozo was on there, who's Repo Man, and also Demolition Smash was on there yeah. as Axis well. Smash, yeah. Axis, so, like I said, uh, I've I've heard people prefer Demolition over the Road Warriors because one Demolition is the WWE, you know, version. And because Road Warriors didn't come to WWE because they they started out 
over there in, in you know, the WCW and the Crockett promotions in the territories first before they came over there. So that so yeah, so people I'm like, but it's always gonna be Road Warriors for me because it when it comes to like legit badass looking tag teams, Road Warriors and the Steiner brothers is on my list. Okay. Oh, Steiner Brothers again. Yeah. Good. I I'm, I'm talking about like tag teams that can legit the shit out you like I don't ever want to cross but like, look, granted we got a lot of decorated tag teams and stuff like that we got a lot of great tag teams and stuff like that but I'm talking about when it comes to just like the way they look and stuff like that the Road Warriors and the Steiner Brothers are the ones you know in, in, in my era that I was just like those are, those are the teams that will clash smash and do all stuff like that okay uh-huh. okay because uh, they said that how this team usually have like one monster, you know, or like one big guy, one little guy, aka Jurassic Express. For example, yeah, you have one one big guy, one little guy, kind of like throwing them into people or something. Exactly. You know? one, one one big guy do like their main finisher, and then the little guy do something off the top rope. Usually, exactly that. You know, that's what that's what it was. But no, they said we they had two big guys. Paul Hullman was looking at. He said these guys look legit. And then so they uh came up with you know the, the road warrior gimmick and then uh animal had a guy who uh worked on these kind of plates stuff like that he and he made the plates and got the spikes on there and everything and then he put it on he just his fit and he did the, the the uh the makeup so it was a take on I want to make sure I get this right because I thought it was Mad Max oh and, yeah okay yeah and uh. And I think it was it was either Mad Max or it was uh, something else that uh, they got the uh, the inspiration from. But when they put that on, and then I never knew this. So Animal, who by the way needs to give up the Mohawk. Did you That's see the? Did, did, did you see the strands of hair in the Mohawk <laughs> position at the interview? Animals, the gimmick. That's what he does, man. Don't don't give me that shit. So, <laughs> so I never knew this. So, Animal had the Mohawk, and Hawk had the the two Mohawks on the side. So when they put the heads together, it makes one. I'm like, I never knew that. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't make a bit. They didn't really push it like that. Exactly. So, uh, he said. So Animal, like I said, he said he was the more of the patient one. You know, especially in the rain, that Hulk is the fly off the handle guy, <coughs> which is yeah. believable. Which is very believable, and because he he was the one that in his yearbook was voted to be most likely to be class bully. Yeah, like I said, he was bullying people. They they made it uh they they made it a thing to want you to know he was a bully. Exactly. So I, I mean, yeah, he, he, I was like, my God, you know, he, he, you know, he was. First of all, I was, I was kind of uh, happy they, they talked to us, uh, Scott Norton, in the documentary uh, also, because yeah, yeah. you know what, I am probably the only fan. I'm gonna say this again, I am probably the only fan that's a fan of Fire and Ice. Uh, maybe. Do you yeah, no. do you remember that tag team with Scott Norton and Ice Train? No, I don't. <laughs> Look, it was Scott Norton, and he, he, you know, he had, you know, the whole fire singlet, 
and there was a rep, a big black guy named Ice Train. And he was, and they were these two big guys, and they was a WCW, and they had the tattoo called Fire and Ice. That um, sounds familiar, but it's yeah, also sounds stupid at the same time. It, 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 it didn't last long, but for some reason, <laughs> I was a fan of Fire and Ice. And first of all, and I'm also, you know, I have a soft heart for one big guy tag teams where it's like both guys are big, as you heard from Royal Warriors and Steiner Brothers. And I also have a place in my heart for for mixed tag teams. Okay. I I like the one black guy, one white guy aspect. Oh, so you're a big fan of the uh, Douglas and stuff like that. I'm a big fan of uh, APA. Okay. Yeah, big yeah. big fan, big fan of Douglas. Uh-huh. I like. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. What's, what's, what's some of the other mixed ones that they had? Like I said, Fire and Ice. Fire and Ice was a mixed one also. So you know, I just have a soft component for that. Now, if they, if they fail, they fail. Like it's kind of like uh, when I was when I was watching House of Hardcore, and then they had the uh, tag team called uh, Milkshake. No, I was not. Oh no! <laughs> I, I I was not a fan of them. <laughs> yeah, I was not a fan of them at all. I was like, and I was like, this this, this shit sounds stupid. So, uh, okay. Oh, so, oh yeah, I'm That's sorry. Hilarious. So yeah, but oh, you know what? We forgot to mention about when they was in the fight that he threw the, the uh, animal through the guy right there, Ole Anderson's feet through the door because that's who they was working for at first yeah I believe that's yep sounds right yeah if, if, for, for the only answer so uh as things as things went on so we know that Hawk had a drug problem and he said <laughs> after a match you know uh Animal will go probably go get something to eat and then all of a sudden uh Hawk is at the bar getting lit doing lines drinking stuff like that and he is just like you know off the rail stuff like that and I'm and it was just like whoa he is like like he once again it's the 80s and uh these wrestlers you know they got they got these these trouble that's the excuse it's the 80s (laughs) bro you know can can you can we think of a better excuse I mean it was the 80s Uh jeez they said this man came out every night yeah, uh, then he, then they said so. Then they was all over the world, and they went to Japan, and then he said uh, people were so enamored with them in Japan. He said that there was a time that they they drew more fans than Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. So when you bring up names like Michael Jackson, you already well, know. Huh? well, well, depends on the year. It did. <laughs> this is after '93, then of course they did. You said, what you say? If this is after '93, then of course they did. I would, I would say, I because '93. This is before they w- went to WWE. And where did they go to WWE? Uh, I, I think I think they went in. Was it '91? Because this was this was the mid to late '80s that 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 it, the, the whole Japan okay, thing so happened. I, okay, all right, all right. Now, now I'm not sitting here saying that you know they they was the bad war to, war tour or nothing like that. But yeah, I nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because yeah, yeah, yeah that, that that's just uh way too many people. 
they said that this is where Hawk started getting into the Japanese mafia. And Which then, I didn't even know this. I didn't even know this was the thing that they were going to cover. Exactly. I was just like, wait, what is the Japanese mafia that he was trying try to get into? Those are the people that cut off Val Venus. That's, yeah, that's what it, wow. You know what? Uh, wow. It's, <laughs> uh, so he said that, you know, they, their stock was rising so much to the point that, you know, they didn't even have to change whether they were face or heel. They just stayed the same. And then that was um, their, their gimmick because, you know, everybody just cheered them for what they want to. So, yeah, and then they talked about the, the uh, Road Warrior pop. The, 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 that's, that's the day. That's what the pop is. The Road Warrior pop, which we still say to this day. Yeah, I hear people like. I saw a video backstage at WWE. Uh, was mm. it? Was it the twenty? What did they have this year? Where they had legends come back? Or was that late last year? Uh, was it the family reunion? The reunion show, maybe. I think so, but that wasn't last year though. Whenever they had Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, and Stone Cold, whatever that was. Oh, uh, okay. That Stone Cold have... was like, I love all you guys. That one. That may have been last. Okay. It may have been last year. There's a video backstage. Ric Flair. He comes out. And he says, "I'm about to get that real warrior pop." Then he does a little shoulder thing. And uh-huh. then he struts out there. And then they, his music hits. Woo! And then everybody, everybody pops. He's like, "See, I still got it." Yeah, you're right. So that was yeah. a nice little backstage video that reminded me of uh, when he said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, they uh, talk about the scaffold match and how uh, Hulk had broke a bone in his foot. But he still did the scaffold match, which uh, could be me. No, it wouldn't. I would have been bitching. And he'd go against the Midnight Express, and then so uh, after that, it started a dependency on the painkillers, which really took it over the edge of how it happens a lot. It does with happen a lot. lot. Of it, that, you know, just yeah, abuse painkillers. Mm-hmm. And that that was the, the the starting at the end of their NWA WCW run before coming over to WWE the WWF. Mm-hmm. It said, uh, you know, uh, Dr- Drinker was a no brainer because you know he said it was an issue with, with, with muscle relaxers. That animal said that he said it was part of the contribution of muscle relaxers, and uh, started you know was really bad with the. He had some bad years in WWE. So, uh, they just hired, they call him the modern-day warrior, Kerry Von Eric. They had the ultimate warrior, so they need a new name. So, they couldn't go be the real warrior. So, then they said, well, then, what about the Legion of Doom? And Vince was like, Legion of Doom, I love it. <laughs> so, because so, uh, he, he said uh, Hulk got it from watching He-Man. Uh, of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> they should do that more often. Get names from cartoons or something. I mean, why not? No, because I don't want no taxi car called the SWAT Cats. Hey. <laughs> First of all, yeah, SWAT be, Cats uh, is a good yeah, show. Yeah, be like Luchasaurus and Reptar. So, hey. Stop it. <laughs> well, you not about to bring up some Rugrats and talk about some <laughs> Reptar. <laughs> Uh, I bet it's a wrestling and his name was Reptar. <laughs> yeah. Now when they got WWE the, the schedule was grueling and it really took a toll on Hawk. And yes, then uh, yeah. it it did. And then um 
they did interview the one of my favorite parts of the documentary. They interviewed the Godfather in Cheetahs, his, his strip club. <laughs> And, Which is uh, Godfather just seems to be in the strip club in every episode. Yeah. Every episode, like my my man just stay there, he live there, stuff like that. And then he, he was just like, <coughs> "Vince is not the guy who will tell you will not tell you that, not to take nothing that he won't." And they talked about the time that Vince Man took the Doomsday Device, which is <laughs> LOD's finisher, in the strip club. I've heard about that story, and then after this, I went to go look that story up, and yeah, uh-huh. he actually took a lot of finishes that night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I guess I guess it was around the time of the uh, when he was in the the trial with the steroids and stuff. Uh huh. And I guess he was just drinking. He was like, "Well, I got nothing else to lose. Give me the finisher. Give me y'all finishers." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why not? So. uh he also took just by the way. He also took the uh, the uh, what's the Heart Foundation move? The heart attack. The heart he attack. also took that too. Yes. Oh, bro! <laughs> it, it, it was getting fucked up that night. <laughs> <laughs> he even ah, I just get, get all messed up. Yeah, they got kicked out. And went to after party at Ric Flair's at Ric Flair's room. Like you know, Ric Flair had a room, and uh, uh-huh. they all went to his room and did more moves and. For some reason, it was like they say, like all the wrestlers pissed on Ric Flair's bed. <laughs> <laughs> that was all right. It was a crazy night. Yo, That's all I can say. The stories be crazy out here, man. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, the stories be really insane. So they had uh, Hawk failed a drug test, which he had to be out for three months, mm-hmm. especially. Uh, and you know, he obviously had a problem with drinking and drug abuse. And then we get into SummerSlam. And then yeah. Animal says he recalls Hawk just keep don't Vince was trying to tell him how the plan was gonna go and Hawk would keep cutting him off and give him these different ideas and he just knew that Hawk was you know had diarrhea at the mouth and he had to just pull him away. And with uh, whatever he said, I mean, why would they still let him drive the motorcycle though? Why I, wouldn't they I, could just be on the back of? I don't. This was the Jeff Hardy incident before the Jeff Hardy incident. <laughs> But this one, I don't think this one was actually that noticeable because he was in a tag team match. Exactly. Yes. So, yeah. uh, you know, he said that Animal said, it turns out he said because Hawk was so plastered and it fucked up, they went from getting a tag team title shot on the higher up on the card to the opening match going against Money Incorporated, which was Ted DiBiase and IRS. Mm-hmm. So, he said, Animal said, we, we can't do our finish here because he's going to fall off the top rope or he will get somebody hurt. And then... Uh, I, I, do you I, think they could have reversed it and have him lift the opponent up or y'all think they would have Oh my it? God, no. I would not... <laughs> <laughs> no. I would not put... First of all, I would not put Hawk on... No, nobody on Hawk's shoulders when he like that. <laughs> d- d- yeah, nah. Yeah, okay. D- okay. Do you think he could have just did a, a, a regular German clothesline, a German suplex into a clothesline? I mean, a clothesline into a German suplex, my bad. It'd be similar. You know, no, because I think Hawk would have probably argued with him during the match about that spot. <laughs> so what happened was, Animal had to finish him off with a power slam, and he had to change the finish because, you know, he was clearly not, you know, what, what he needed to be. So then... I, I, just, I just have a question, though. Uh-huh. You come to your you come to your job 
and you're like just blown out of your mind and your boss says fine you go out there I'm going to cut your match by a couple minutes you're not going to fight the champions but you're going to go out there and you're going to get a win can you imagine that nowadays somebody just being just out of their mind and they still go out there and get the win no I can't oh my gosh Vince must have loved this dude (laughs) Uh, so Animal I mean not Animal uh, Hawk uh, was pissed off and everything so he quits and leaves Animal by himself because when you're a tag team that that's your partner so Animal is just doing some singles matches and some house shows and then Hawk goes back to Japan and starts another Road Warriors tag team <laughs> yep they uh, won the whatever company that was tag titles yes and they they had uh, the guy named Power Warrior which was Kensenshi Sakai you know I can't do my words so I'll spell it for you K-E-N-S-U-K-E Kensuke okay S-A-S-A-K-I Sasuke I don't know okay well they were called the Hellraisers which rip off of the Road Warriors and it did not sit well with Animal at all and they and, and, and they showed him in Japan and stuff like that and then um he said he Hulk was having a problem he had a couple near death experiences he had a uh, <clears throat> he had an overdose he walked away from 18 uh a collision with an 18 wheeler not wearing a seatbelt and the car rolled over and he walks out the car it is that one was yeah and then he also contracted hep C Hepatitis C, and then uh, he said that uh, he called Animal and said, "I don't want to die in a place like this. You gotta come take me home." And he came and took him home and said, "But you're on your own." So now, uh, at that moment, Hawk, uh, there was this um, Christian group. I there was the Christian. Uh, workout group, I forgot what it was called, that uh, Hulk joined, and then he got saved, and he found the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yep. So now he, he was in a more positive place. But now, we're, 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 hold on now, was this before they came back to WWF? No, that was after. The the, the Christian group was after they left WWF the, the second time. Okay, okay, so they, cause we skipped the part. So they go back to WWF, and now they bring in somebody new. They bring in Draws. I didn't even know yep. Draws was a part of the Road Warriors. I, I mean, I didn't either, but when I seen the footage, I was like, oh yeah, that is Draws. Yes. So, uh, but they decided to have, you know how WWE is an attitude there. We're going to exploit what's really happening with you in real life. So, uh, <sighs> I, <sighs> That was kind of tough. Yeah, it's kind of tough. So he had to still be drunk, and he still had to uh, do all these things, and uh, and they had to exploit it like like to the point where Draws was the new member and Hawk was the failing member. So they had a suicide angle where he climbed to the top of the Titan Tron, and this is very fucking high because that old school attitude there Titan Tron was fucking high. So. Mm-hmm. He climbs to the top of it, and 
Draws is going up there to look like he's he, he's going to save him, but then Draws pushes him off the Titan Tron. Allegedly. Allegedly. But yeah. And then uh, you know, and he falls, and then that was the end of Hawk. And then he said, "Animal felt very uncomfortable with that angle," and he said, "We gotta leave again." Yeah, because it was too much to real life. Is that it? Was it was it was too close to home? So, okay, so then when Animal went to go see the Christian Power Team, with uh, that, that Nikolai Volkov invited him out to, they they brought Hawk. That's what happened. Yeah, he said, "Can I bring Hawk?" And, yeah. yeah. So uh, they brought Hawk, and you know, and then uh, well, for the first time, and then he said he walked to the altar. He got baptized later that week. And then he started living good, and he married a woman named Gail. Mm-hmm. And then he was a different person and put his family first. So he was, he, you know, he he was turning, he was really turning his life around. He found the Lord, and uh, that that's always good, even though pe- people want to, you know, like Jim Cornette said, he would say, "Everybody, you know, finds the Lord when they ain't got nobody to talk to." I disagree with that, uh, but you know, like people have those those issues, you know. Sometimes you you, you, you got to turn to the Lord of religion, you know, to help you out. So then they were moving furniture one day. And uh, what happened was he, he, he moved a piece of furniture. He, he told his wife he, he got to lay down. He wasn't feeling well. And then Animal uh, got the call that Hawk had died. He was 46 years yeah. old. Uh-huh. And... It wasn't an OD because I was wronged all these years. I thought he OD, but he did. He said it wasn't OD. His heart just stopped, and it's like it's kind of like the Eddie Guerrero thing because people want to, as soon as they hear wrestlers, they think they all overdeed or, or you know drug things. I'm like, hold on, if the man well to their defense, it's been a lot. They did overdose, but they were saved, so. It's not like it just don't happen. No, 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 no. It, it, it does happen. It happens a lot more often than not. And suicide also. But it just so happened, like, with Eddie Guerrero to the point where it's just like, look, there's so much years, like, he found the Lord, and that was great and everything, but it's so much years of abuse on your body from the drugs or the things that you're taking. Eddie Guerrero was, was heavy. He overdosed three times. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah. And so, and it's so much years of abuse on the heart to the point where even when you get clean and you don't put another drug in your body your heart's already fucked up mm-hmm. your heart is like mush right now to the point where it's just like I can't keep working at the moment and it just stops and I think that's what happened you know sitting with Eddie Guerrero it's like to the point where all the years of abuse especially when it comes to the wrestling stuff like that, it's just that my heart just stopped. And then same thing with, with Hulk. It's just that, you know, I got to say, I stopped putting drugs in my body for a couple of years, but my heart, my heart just stopped. Oh, well, you know, at one point he did, uh, he did have a remedy. Remember what they said? He, uh, cured himself or something like he had like some medicine and they cured him. And he was like, Oh, since this, uh, since this help, I'm gonna just keep doing what I do. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He said, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. Uh, so you know, Paul Ellery went and uh, he got the black van when he first met them and took it all down to Tampa, Florida, October 19, 2003. I didn't know he died in 2003. Uh, was the funeral, and 
he said he recites uh, the eulogy. I wish I wrote down word for word the eulogy Paul Ellery got. We was listening to it, and then my my, my wife was just like, "So you doing any more eulogies for anybody?" Because that joke was powerful. Yeah, it was very. Yeah, and that probably was the, the first and only one he did. Because the only way he probably do another one is if, if it's for uh, animal. So. Exactly. So you know, it, it was a very sad. But it was a very informative documentary, and I, I, I thought it's on my list of one of the good ones. Because after this whole thing is over, I want us to rank from ten to one our favorite episodes. Oof. Okay. I know. So it, you know, it, so I think after the own heart one next week, we're going to rank, uh, you know, the episodes uh, or which ones that we, that we like the best. So last week we t- <laughs> we. Uh, after we just finished the, the Road Warriors Dark Side of the Ring, we talked about uh, Herb Abrams in the UWF. And Primetime voluntarily took time out of his day, which I, wish, I know he wish he can get back, to watch the UWF's first and I think only pay-per-view. You got that right. Which was Beach Brawl. So look, we ain't got to drag this thing out because we got two more things to do on the podcast, but I got to know. I got to know. Give me a quick review of UWF Beach Brawl. All right, I just got some quick notes. Uh, for one, this was what, like in June or something, in 1991, Flamento, Florida, at the Civic Center. Anyways, uh, we got. <laughs> Honestly, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna even write. I... <laughs> some of these things I didn't write down just because I was into the moment and they were. This is 1991. It's cool. So. My notes say Vanilla Midgets. So I'm assuming these guys. It was Cruiserweights versus like some real big guys. I forgot. The name was uh, the Apocalypse okay. and Destruction, I believe. Apocalypse and Destruction. They okay. were, they were, uh, they were, um, Luna, Luna Vashon was their manager. She came out with a snake on her. But anyways, they seemed like they didn't want to be there. It seemed like Kevin Nash. Like, they were barely taking bumps and then the other people were bumping like crazy. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the, the dominant, the uh, Apocalypse one, of course they did. That was, you know, whatever. That was like a whatever match, but I didn't take no points off of it. Okay. Uh, you got <laughs> Ace, Johnny Ace versus Terry Gordy in a street fight. Johnny Key Ace word. in a street fight? Keyword, this is a street fight, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So this match was uh, was hard for me because... They, uh, they cameramen were very distracting. Like, you know, on the hard cam, they have a cameraman standing on the apron on hard cam on, to the right of mm. the ring. Right there on the apron. At one point, it looked like he was in the ring. So I was, like, distracted from him. And then in the foreground, there's somebody else standing on the steps on the apron, too. So it was very distracting in this match. But, um, you know, if I had to tell you all the ways the street fight could have ended, how do you think this street fight ended? With Johnny H using his skateboard. No, a roll nope. up. Nope. A count out. Yes. I just, yeah. yeah. A count out. A oh. count out. A double count out. Oh, that's, that's, that, that, that's, that's disappointing. Yeah. Double count out. <sighs> All right. Anyways, you got, um, Rockin' Robin, who came out to the song Rockin' Robin by Michael Jackson and Jackson. Um, this match was kind of sloppy 
and I'm, I'm kind of botched, but it, like in 1991, they, st- they still wanted to give him a chance, or they wanted to see what they could do, I guess you can say. But um, this match just wasn't gelling for me. But they did have a they had a, a beautiful belt, like the belt that they had was beautiful, and I liked it. So you know, but the match was 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 a uh, all right. Uh, they had another tag team match: B Blair Brown. Uh, yeah, B Brian Blair Blair? Brown. And, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, and Jim Brunzel versus the Power Twins. Uh, this match sucked, but it was solid. It was solid, but it sucked. Like it's a 1991 match. That's all I got in my notes for this match. It's solid. Mm-hmm. Um, this match, <laughs> Con, uh, uh, Colonel, uh, his name was Colonel, Colonel something. I forgot. Uh, he went off against Paul Orndorff. 1991. This this man Paul Orndorff came in with the banger. Just just in 1991. Where do you think Paul Orndorff is coming out to? Cause you would never guess. Uh, real. Uh, let's see. I want to say, real man. Think, no, think about Urban Youth music. Uh, oh no. Okay, <laughs> what a man by Salt and Pepper. Can't no. <laughs> the MC Hammer can't touch this. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> he came out to MC Hammer can't touch this. Yes. He came out to can't touch this. And uh, they even announced this was like, oh, he's coming out to uh, Hammers, uh, can't touch this, and apparently, you can't touch him. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about to, to, you can't touch this. Um, this uh, was very distracting, because this one, when the cameraman, I felt like both cameramen was in the ring, so it was like very distracting to the match where, like, they're moving in and out of the camera frame, and they're standing on the hard cam side, but uh, uh, Paul Orndorff won, won the match. After the match, uh, Nakano took out a stun gun and stunned him. So he just started kept shocking him with a stun gun. It was very funny, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, Luna Albino came out with a segment with Luna, which is so weird. He was just basically, basically like, she's ugly. She's ugly. She has a snake, and she's ugly. And then they went to the back. All right, that ain't made no sense. No Bob Backlund with a roll-up win over Ivan Koloff. It was a solid match for Bob Backlund. I, I mean, it was a regular match. Like, mm-hmm. uh, atomic drops and roll-ups and, yeah. This is a Bob Backlund match. Was Punch Bob Backlund annoying in this match? Was he what? Annoying in this match? I mean, he's annoying everywhere he goes. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, Lou Albino comes back out to harass Ivan Koloff and his manager, he plunges him to the ground and takes his pants. He takes his pants off and then runs around the arena with his pants. For some reason, I don't know. God. <laughs> then we have Katniss Jack and Cowboy Bob Warrior versus Wet and Wild Steve Ray versus Sunny Beach. Uh, weird thing about this match is they put their manager, Wet and Wild had a manager and they put him in a shark cage and hung it above the ring, mm-hmm. but it wasn't hung up high enough. So they, every time they had to go in the middle, they had to duck. Uh, all right. And then, of course, I think uh, Cadiz Jack and Cowboy lost, actually. They lost the match, and then that's when McFoley says when they brought in the crowd. They brought in the crowd after they lost. Oh, okay. 
I see all the empty seats. I said, I can do something with this. Yeah. You know, so they brought in the crowd, and uh, the cameraman was having a very hard time catching this. You could tell it was not planned, because they know what to do. They started going in the crowd, and then they just they just panned out to the big shot where you can just see the whole arena when it's yeah. still dark. And they're just like, well, uh, they're still fighting, but um, they're somewhere in here. So that's kind of what they did. And then this match, Bam Bam Bigelow versus Dr. Death, Steve Williams. That would have been a good match, though. Well, here comes Colt Herb Abrams to present the belt. Because, mm. of course, it's for the belt. He comes out, and then... um. <laughs> I don't know if this was a shoe or not. Bam Bam Bigelow like literally punches him and pushes him to the ground, and uh, then the match starts. Um, it was a solid match for 1991, but in the middle of this match, uh, Doctor Death had a Hulk up. He hulked up and then won. So that 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 was it. Okay, I'm saying, but that was that was in the Breach World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who overall grade? Uh. I give it a two or a three. Uh, out of what? Out of ten. Oh, I'm about to say out of you. five. Shit. No, no, no. Out of, out of ten, it was a uh, it was solid for 1991. But as you hear all the stories, you make it think that it's that bad, but it's not that bad. It's it's okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's it's okay. Not as bad as everybody been saying. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Well, let's get on to something that you know that that. That, that re- rejuvenates us for a little bit. The Wednesday Night War between NXT and AEW. So, uh, we, we got some things happen on uh, NXT. We got a special announcement by D Generation X on NXT. We have a very cringeworthy, uh, you know, was it TikTok video? Or is it, not TikTok, you know, Skype of the Undisputed Era. Don't do that again. And, uh, I thought it was Zoom or something. Yeah. Zoom, there we go. Yeah. And then also we got Cody co- confronting Jake Roberts in a very anticlimactic way, and then uh, <clears throat> we have also a, a lot of uh, you know a lot of things getting ready for Double or Nothing, and Chris Jericho takes on Pineapple Pete. So let's start with NXT. So NXT starts off with the NXT Tag Team Championship matchup: Imperium, Fabian Eichner, and Martel Bart Marcel Bartel. Taking on Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher, so you can already tell at the beginning of the match that, that Thatcher is kind of like done with Riddle. He don't give him the fist bump at the beginning. The, the flip flops hit him, and he's like, "Ugh." So during the I match, Thatcher was done with this before he was even in it. You're right. So, well, Pete Dunne still stuck over there. So, uh, uh, Matt, Riddle, uh, the, the match is what you expect between uh, these two. Like I said, I am really getting into Imperium now. Like you have been in Imperium already. But now, like, cause I I knew Walter, I knew Alexander Wolf, but I was never a big fan of Alexander Wolf. But uh, but Fabian Eichner and, and, and Marcel Bartel, yeah, those guys are good. Yes, they are. Yeah, very good. Matt Riddle hits a monkey flip on uh Fabian Eichner, and then he crashes into t- uh, Timothy Thatcher, and he falls to the floor, and he says, "You know what? I'm done with this." And then he walks off, leaving Matt Riddle by himself, and then uh. Matt, uh, <clears throat> Matt Riddle gets the Powerbomb European Uppercut combination and then that's where he loses the Tag Team Championships. So, Imperium is the new Tag Team Champions. Backstage, oh, yes. yeah, 
But, uh, I think that was good too because right, I was like, you don't know how long Pete Dunn will be out, so Mario doesn't need to hold him anymore. Uh, there is a there's a brawl backstage between Thatcher and Riddle, and Riddle calls Regal. He wants a match for later on tonight with uh, Timothy Thatcher. Uh, Tegan Knox taking on Indy Hartwell, and she beat her with the shiniest wizard. The worst name for the finisher. Because look, I told you before, if you gonna call that joint the shiniest wizard, that better be the shiniest motherfucker was I ever seen in my life. When Kyrie Zane called it the insane elbow, I never seen an elbow like that before. Yeah, because it's insane. It's insane, but no, her. I'm like. No man, you don't even you you don't hold the, the lay back like Kenny Dykstra or nothing. You don't do nothing special. You just do a very below average. I know thirty seven people that could do a shiny a shiny wizard better than she can. Yeah, I mean Hurricane to this day can still do a better shiny wizard. Than exactly, she can. exactly. Uh, so it, that was going. Rhea Ripley says that she uh is going to get the NXT Women's Championship back. From Charlotte, even if she has to go through Io Shirai to do it. All right, so that's going to set, set up that encounter, probably at In Your House, we should say. Uh, so we got the uh, Cruiserweight Championship tournament match from Group A of Jake Atlas taking on Tony Nice. So uh, the, the match was okay. The match was pretty good. He, uh, Jake Adams wins with a, a rainbow DT, which sends Tony Nice into zero and three. He's out. Yep, he's out. So he is out. Uh, Undisputed Era does a Zoom call, uh, uh, which decided Rob Charles should fight Dexter Loomis. I didn't like this video call at all. You, you know what? Yeah, nah. do, do you know what it was trying to be to me? Yes, thank you. Uh, so yeah. I, I was yeah. like, "This is th- they, they're trying to do the inner circle shit," and I'm like, "No, they do it way better than you do it." I'm sorry, and uh, y'all were trying it, but I was like, "No." So I said, "You know, I think it would be better if it wasn't through a Zoom call, though. If it was like them, like, like recording different things and then putting it together, then it would probably be more entertaining." Than exactly, just, uh, exactly. Like if, if they was because because the bubbly bunch. <clears throat> they use a mixture of recording at their house and a Zoom call, uh-huh. and I'm like, y'all just did this, and I was like, this was, this was just uh, cringeworthy. Uh, we get a video package, a very awesome video package for Carrying Cross, uh, and Scarlet. The end. Uh, it was pretty, it was really good. Uh, then we get a video uh, package uh, talk about Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez and said they're going to hurt a lot of people because they're both outcasts and how the whole story came up so I was like okay so you try to put them over why they're not here and then we have a special announcement uh, from D-Generation X so Triple H, Shawn Michaels and the Road Dog announced that the next NXT TakeOver which will be on June 7th, my birthday month, will be NXT TakeOver, wait for it, In Your House. Uh-huh. Yep, in and I your mean, house. since, fuck it, since we are in the house, I mean, it's, it's about, like, it took y'all this long to do this? So. I, I like the logo, too. The, I mean, all thing would have made it better for me if the NXT logos wasn't orange, I mean, wasn't yellow, but I can't complain about that small little fact. 
Yeah, but no, and they got the classic WWE logo up there. Yeah, no, I'm all for NXT uh, takeover in your house. So now this is the match Prime been waiting for. Cameron Grimes taking on Finn Balor. Crickets. (laughs) So uh, how did you feel about the match before I go on with it? The Indians sucked. Man... So, uh, Finn Balor was trying to go for the coup de grace, and then all of a sudden, Damian Pri- Priest with the nightstick comes out and hits Finn Balor in the leg, and then he gets the cave by Cameron. I don't like the cave finishing move. I don't like it either because he don't never do it, right? especially to this one. He kicked him like he was like standing on top of his shoulders, and Finn Balor sold it. Man, Finn Balor looks stupid. Yeah, and I was just, and you know what? Because honestly, you know. The only person that I've seen really get that double foot stomp thing down past probably Alistair Black because Kofi don't get it all the way neither. But the one, the way Kofi <clears throat> does it makes it look more devastating to me. Is is I mean, yeah, Kofi's not clean, but you can clearly see him pushing his feet down in that person's shoulders and chest. Yeah. I, I mean, it makes it look more botchy to where it looked like he actually kicked him in the throat. Which yeah, I don't know. I feel like I like it's sometimes I don't like the moves to be as clean as possible. Sometimes yeah. I like the little dirty look on them. So okay, you right. Kevin yeah. Grimes one just look dirty to the point where it's just, un- just <laughs> I don't like it. He said it. It made me want to take a take a shower. It just looks so dirty. Yeah, like him and uh, Sammy Guevara don't don't. I don't like the way they do it. Yeah. Uh. So a- a- after that, uh, Priest comes in there and then uh, you know, does the old Triple H sit- sitting on the throat with the chair to the Undertaker for WrestleMania. Uh, the Raw for WrestleMania X Seven. And then he I didn't said, like how he. I didn't like how he had to over explain it though. Because he noticed. It. Damian Priest to me is like the Matrix. He has to explain every single detail why he's like just do it. Yeah, he was like, I have fun attacking you again, just like I did three weeks ago. We, I, I was the one that attacked you three weeks ago. I was like, okay, we didn't need the over explanation. I felt like. Well, so this is probably going to be. In your house matchup since we can't get Finn Balor versus Walter. It, it sucks. But, yeah, Daniel Priest got to take a loss, I guess. Again. And I'm just like, man, he just lost to Keith Lee, so now you got to lose this one. Fine. So now we're at Group B because backstage, uh, Swerve said, you know, what I need is his confidence, and then I'll be fine, and I can win this tournament. You know what I'm saying? That he, he started getting a little cocky because, you know, what, what house we in? Swerve's house. So we have uh, Jack Guy versus Isaiah. Wait, was Swerve the one that was talking trash about uh, Tony Nese? Like, he won nothing. Was he the one talking trash or was somebody else? I don't know, but if he was, it would make sense of why Tony Nese attacked him okay, at the beginning. Okay, well, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, so Tony needs to attack uh, Scott during the interest. So obviously, we're going into a storyline with Tony Nese and uh, Swerve Scott because uh, after injuring him, Gallagher won with a rolling elbow strike, and uh, so now, which sucks, but I could, they probably got another storyline for him. Isaiah's out. <laughs> All right, because he's one and three. So yeah, he's one and three. He's out. Yeah. Uh. Caden Carter takes on Aaliyah. Uh, Why did this match even need time? It, did, it didn't need no time at all. And then Robert Stone was out there. This was a t- attempt for Aaliyah to try to join the Robert Stone brand. Look, 
Am I getting more into Aaliyah? Not really. But I'm just saying, I get what, what they're trying to do. But it was just unsuccessful. So, obviously, her trying to get into the Robert Stone brand is going to be a storyline that they're going to keep trying to exploit. But I don't know how it's going to work. She should just go back to Vanessa Bourne. I don't, I, I don't know. I think Vanessa Bourne kind of taking time off for Corona. Yeah, good point, too. Uh, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae is back with another segment of The Gorganos. Let me ask you this, because we didn't talk about this. How do you feel about the Gorgano segments? It's uh, interesting. <laughs> it's very weird to me. I gotta, I gotta, I guess I gotta watch more of it to see how I would enjoy it. Okay. I gotta watch more. Peep this. I, it's a good idea, but they. Here's the thing: when they are snapping, and uh-huh. it goes to black and white. First of all, I don't like that disorient look. That that's just my personal opinion. I don't like okay. the look where it clearly looks like you know the frames can't catch up with each other. Cause that's what it looks like. You know when when they're talking. I don't mind the black and white, but here, here here's the problem: they do it way too much. Okay. And, way too much. Yeah, it's a, like if they had the segment of the Gorganos and they they just they're just talking, having regular dinner, talking about how beautiful they are and you know how successful they are, and then all of a sudden, like if they want to do one time during the segment and they doom and it snaps and it goes to the black and white, and they, they, they do the promo, and then when they do the black and white, it's too long. Gorgano cut a whole promo. In the black and white, I'm like, can we get back to the it, it, the the point of the segment? The point of the Gorganos is, in their minds, they're fine. They've been this way ever since. But it's it's they're trying to sell us on a split personality. But if it's going to be split, they're supposed to split and come out of it. Gorgano it went to black and white to the point where I was like, yo, we still talking in black and white? But he was talking about, um. Keith Lee, and I was just like, first of all, where that even come from? But you know, but because he beat Diamond <laughs> Doctor Kofi last week, he said I don't like Keith Lee. He said, <laughs> and then Candice LeRae, she's snapping over me and him. I'm like, yo, please don't exploit me and him and Keith Lee relationship like this, because I can see where this is kind of going. Oh, you know where this is going. You know where this is going to uh, intergender tag matches. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh no, I don't know how. I, I mean, I just don't know. But I think if they just did dinner with the Gorganos and then they just snapped, or even at the end after they was like done talking and you look into the camera and it's both they both go to black and white and you get some ominous music over it, that would sell it more than them just going into the camera snapping and doing these long ass promos about why they hate this person, like. Gorgano talked for about a good minute and a half in black and white. That's too long. That's way too long. So, I, you know, I like the idea of it. I want them to, you know, chop it up to the point. It's like this. You know what? Hey, uh, as he's talking over dinner and, they, you know, look what I did to Donald Dr. Cover, whatever his name is. And you know what else I have a problem with? I don't like Keith Lee. And it, you know how it just goes to black and white and he just snaps back out of it and everybody be like why it will make people want it more instead of just like you said uh 
Damian Priest explains everything. You don't have to explain everything when you snap it. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to. Yeah, not. You can just be subtle and leave it to a mystery or leave it to be clever, but they don't. They don't. I was like, I was like, okay, this is getting because I, I can see this get going dead real fast. And once again, I've said this time and time again. I'll say it again. Candice LeRae is one sexy woman in regular clothes. <laughs> <laughs> when she put her wrestler gear, I'm just like, ugh. I, 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 she had one. Of, she had one attire I liked. It was like an all green. Yeah, I forgot. I think she called China. Uh, I was like the only attire I liked. It's like an all green attire. Yeah, I don't like green. I'm like, okay, okay. It's like when Candice LeRae gets dressed up for a regular day. I'm like, that is one sexy woman right there. But then it's like when she put a wrestling gear on, it's like a little kid going out on their bike and they got the knee pads, elbow pads, and the helmet. And how <laughs> kind of stupid they look. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what it looks like to me. I'm just saying. So, um, but and, uh, neither here nor next week we got K- Koshida versus Drake Maverick. We know Drake Maverick was in that one. Akira Tozawa versus uh, the Phantasma. And Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley. So, I thought this was happening in your house. Obviously not. So, they're not doing this. So, I mean, they might end the disqualification or something uh, anyway. Matt Riddle taking on Timothy Thatcher is the main event for NXT. And then, uh, like I said, Timothy Thatcher is really good at what he does. And so is Matt Riddle. Uh, Riddle reverses submission into the pin. For the win, and Thatcher is pissed. Attack him, put him in the F- Fujiwa armbar, and just stare at the camera as it goes off. So that was NXT uh, this past week. Now we got to move on to AEW Dynamite. Dynamite. Yes, as we're getting ready for Double or Nothing, which is on Saturday, May twenty third. Depending on what my pay looks like, or depending, Lord willing, you know, we see that day. I think I may treat myself to that. Yeah, uh, I might. It depends. Uh, I like the card, but if they add something else or something, I'll be like very intrigued. I'm already intrigued, but yeah, if I have like another good match, I'll be like, I'll be like, okay, I gotta, I got to get exactly. It. So we start the show with the Murderhawk monster Lance Archer comes to the ring with Jake Roberts, and he says he was asked for an apology last week about his antics against Brandy Rose, and he says as soon as she kisses my ass, I'll give her an apology. Anytime you come into this ring, it's no man's land. And then, you know, he got to, you know, the the, the, the chauvinistic Jake Roberts way. Dude, a woman is great at home cooking, wiping the baby's butts. And, a, and a, you know, here go the heat right here. Where I like, occasionally, when it gets cold outside, she can keep me warm. Hot <laughs> damn, you a son of a bitch. <laughs> That, that's classic here for you but then all of a sudden you hear the, this revving of a car and then you, you, you look over in the stadium area it's Cody and he's in this car he's revving it up and then uh, he's uh, Cody got his, his his fist taped up and peeped it so he got his Ford he got his Ford F-150 and then he comes down about Maybe fifteen feet, it crashes. I mean, or, or, he could have went. A, it's another way you can go. He could have went another way and still really, got in that arena. But we're not going to even get there. No, yeah. no, no. We probably have to. And then he kind of crashes, 
into the uh the, this one little barricade and then comes out the car. So as he coming out the car, Archer ran for the ring to meet Cody and then they started fighting, uh doing close shots. He's trying to get the robbers, but robbers have a struggle getting out the ring. So Archer and Cody are uh brawling. Cody's on the apron, he gets tripped up by Archer and then uh thrown him to the barricade, smack him to the table, and then, you know, Jake Robinson's on the phone on the microphone, Welcome to our world. You're inside here. You're free me. I'm like, he <laughs> was going off on the microphone. Cody fights back. Ar- uh, dodges a choke slam. And then uh, that's when Archer keeps Cody's legs. And then, um, but he takes Archer's braid and starts choking him to get in the ring. And before uh, he gets to Roberts, he gets booted. Uh, Archer boots Cody. And then he won't. Uh, Cody went to Archer again. Robbers grabbed Archer by his shoulder to tell him to leave. Not now. This, in my personal opinion, was terrible. Yeah, Cody thought it was like ever since he did it, that have been using it in all the commercials so far. Just the truck uh, knocking over the barricade. But here's the thing, Prime. You got this car revving up, right? Mm-hmm. He. It's like this. It's like I'm revving it up. And I'm driving from the length of the back of my driveway to the front of my driveway. Basically. That's how far I went. You, I revved it up. You said at least show him driving the distance of, because it's a, it's a, you can drive a long ways out there in the parking lot or even exactly. in, the space, in the fan space. You can drive a long way. They could have shown him coming from uh, a, a ways away or something. He could have been, they could have, this is a, they have done crazy stuff before. They could have shot this as you see Cody driving. Like, he's coming in, like, speeding in. He goes to the parking lot, and then he speeds all the way down and crashes into the thing. Not start right there. Like, okay, why is my car right here in the first place? Let me get in it, rev it up to go literally about 15 feet to get right back out of it. I could walk that space. Yeah, they could have. Yeah, I don't know. And well, then, he, I mean, and, and they t- wanted it to look cooler. They could have showed him riding you know, on a motorcycle so he could actually get in the space and not just have to stop yeah. and look awkward. Well, no, 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 no. Cody gets enough with his edges already. They would get my motorcycle. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. Not, n- not doing it. I'm surprised the pyro ain't go off when he came in with the truck. <laughs> From the, I'm surprised they ain't go off behind him. So here's the, and then on top of that, the beatdown sucked because I'm like, if any man literally just, you know, plops his, you know, just, sits on my wife and puts a snake on her, I'm doing anything I can to get him. Yeah, no weapons. He ain't use no weapons. Enough. He ain't do nothing. Like, like, Cody tried to go out to have a wrestling match with Lance. I'm like, what? What? No. Yeah, I don't think this could be a regular match, but I guess they're going to do it anyway. But... Well, they're going to have Tyson bring, you know, uh, they signed him. He's AEW bound. He's, he's well, going to play the title. I mean, I would have known that. They best, they're like best friends. Him and the Pecans. Oh, yeah. They're good friends, so. So, that's that's how you have it. I thought this opening segment sucked all the ass out the room. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, a video package about the, the, the uh, tag team championships and uh, and how they uh, the, 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 the tag teams and how they stepped up since Nick Jackson's injury. How I, I, it's amazing how all these tag teams stepped up because one partner from a tag team was down. Okay, but it's the best one, so I get it. Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, 
coming out with little kid Marco Stunt takes on the best friends. Don't like him. Chuck Taylor, Trent, uh, and Orange Cassidy. It was the first match of the night. So, uh, we, uh, the, the match is pretty good, but that's not the highlight. Because Arch Cassidy comes out there with his, uh, COVID-19 mask, and then he takes it off, and then he looks like he wants to get involved in the matchup, uh, to distract, uh, Jungle Boy Luchasaurus. Out of nowhere, somebody pushes back forward too, and Luke Kane come out of nowhere, and he kick. Ray Phoenix comes out of nowhere and literally fly kicks the shit out of uh, Orange yep. Cassidy. Uh-huh. I ain't never seen nothing like it in wrestling. And I kept trying to show my wife, right? And I was just like, look! And she, and, you know, her reaction time was like, uh. And I'm like, show it again. They never showed the replay of Orange. First of all, I'm surprised Orange Cassidy's glasses stayed on. They always stay on, man. That's uh, a gimmick. I know, man. That's like Johnny Cage right there, man. Look, his head snapped away from his body. I was just like, how clean was... The, I, you know what? I'll be mad if somebody kicked me like that. I, I would be. <laughs> that's like when, um, that's like when, Ray, uh, when Orange Cassidy was fighting uh, Park and he did, Ray Fence did his unnecessary 619 into the ropes yeah. to kick, uh, yeah, Trent. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> then, uh... Uh, he throws Jungle Boy. To, Jungle Boy gets distracted. Chuck Taylor spikes Jungle Boy with the awful waffle. Oh, I hate Chuck Taylor, bro. <laughs> I don't like the best friends. Hey, I love the awful waffle though. Oh, the, the move is good. I don't like the name, but the move. No, well, it was the Omega Driver. But you uh, know, he was like, "I'm gonna start taking myself seriously. I'm be the, the awful waffle." <laughs> yeah, it gets the three count. Warlord appears and just literally. You thought the kick was bad. He just grabs Marco Stunt and launches this man into the... St- I'm like, I'd be feeling bad for Marco Stunt. And Marco is going to be like the Enzo that one year where he got knocked out every episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you was actually looking like, I want to see how he gets his ass kicked today. Yes. yes. I, he got knocked out every episode. It was hilarious. Yeah, so him and Lucha Stores... Uh, have a stare down. They were teasing this match months ago, so we may get at double or nothing. Luchasaurus versus Warlord. So maybe uh, they might add it. Uh huh. Uh, I, I don't need to see the backstage stuff. Uh, we got a fatal four way. We got Super Bad Penelope Ford with Super Bad Kip Sabian versus the uh Chris Statlander. Got it right, right. Yep, Chris Statlander. Uh, yeah, the, the, the galaxy's greatest alien. Chris Statlander. Uh-huh. So, Dr. Brent Baker, DMD. Mm-hmm. And Hakura Shida. Oh, my gosh. Hakaru. Hakaru. <laughs> Damn it. I almost had it. Hakaru Shida. Okay. So, this Fatal 4-Way was good but sloppy. Yeah. It yeah. was very sloppy at points. And I was just like, Penelope Ford is a very athletic woman. And uh, so there was a time Kip Sabian was on the apron and she he was holding Chris Statlander. She she was about to go and hit her. Chris Statlander gets out the way, and then um, no no her car she gets out the way, and then uh, she goes and starts making out with uh, Kip Sabian. So then she gets put on uh, Chris Statlander puts her on her shoulders. She goes for a poison runner. 
this thing almost bent this lady in half because she's so athletic. She does the the, the backflip, but Chris Taylor flips late and flips too close, and it's like she falls on her back. And I'm just like, that was just a nasty ass botch. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they timing and stuff is still off. I don't know what it is with the. It's just their timing. It they is. They just can't seem to get the timing right, or the people who face each other can't seem to get it. Well, get their styles to jail. It, you know, I think is I don't think the women have had enough chance, even on AEW Dark. I don't think the women have had enough chance to develop a chemistry. Yeah, like, if that chemistry was good, because I've seen them wrestle separately. Like, I've seen Akaru Shida wrestle, I've seen Penelope wrestle, I've seen all of them wrestle separately. And they're all great, but then when they come together, their styles just don't gel. They don't have that chemistry. At all. It just doesn't work sometimes, and that's why their women division is uh, suffering at the moment. But on the outside, yeah. uh, Britt Baker... Is giving uh, Statlander the um, the lockjaw, and then in the ring, uh, Sheeta pissed me before with a running knee strike. So uh, it's going to be Nyla Rose taking on Hikaru Sheeta for the championship at Double or Nothing. Okay. So yeah, uh, and then so uh, also you know just to fast forward, she uh, Nyla Rose in the backstage. She says. All right, congratulations, Chris Taylor. But I got some. I got something for you before the match. It clops her right over the head with a kendo stick. So now the match is going to be a no disqualification match at double or nothing. I'm sure because uh, her gimmick is that she has a kendo stick and she lost her kendo stick. So yeah, so there it is. Uh, now we have uh, the inner circle. Uh, and Ortiz taking on Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy in a tag team matchup. This matchup, in my opinion, went too long. In, in okay. my opinion, I was like, this match did not need to be twenty minutes long, and we did not need to see five fucking back rakes, which I keep hearing Jr. talk about. So I hate that move. However, Jr. Excalibur and Tony Schiavone were a little loose tonight, and I actually liked them tonight. They were funny. All right. They, wow, you not you just ain't gonna put nothing over her. Huh? <laughs> just, just right. you just not gonna put them over at all. So hey. Uh, as the match goes on, uh, Santana and Ortiz is looking for a sweet sweeper, but then Omega counter tags in Hardy. Sammy Guevara comes down, limping from taking their full on golf cart bump the week before, and it's funny because he's coming down limping, got the neck the neck brace on and everything. He gets right into the ring, try with the steel chair. Matt Hardy hits him. Uh, with the twist of fate order chair, Sammy Guevara has got to be one of the best sellers in the business right now. Mm-hmm. Sold yeah. the hell neck first of that twist of fate. Never seen nothing like it. Yeah, uh, and, and uh, they still don't call it twist of fate. I don't know why. Oh, because you know what? Because Jeff used to WWE right now. Yeah, but if Matt Hardy has the uh, thing to it, they can still say it. I mean, I don't know if he does or not. I really don't. He 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 oh. does. Oh, he does. Okay, well, I don't know yeah, why. They, like, it's confirmed that he does. I don't know if they. I don't mm. know if they want to try to call it something different. But every time he does the twist of fate, they just say, "Oh, what a oh. move." Well, then, uh, Kenya hits the V trigger, then Matt Hardy hits the twist of fate, and then on Ortiz, and then that, that's the, that's it for them for the, they win the matchup. 
Tess is backstage with Darby Allen, t- telling him to pop them hips. And uh, Darby Allen's like, I don't need your advice, man. So, uh, I mean, they really didn't say that, but that's basically what it was. He apologized for the interview last week. But uh, uh, Darby was also Cody, and Darby didn't get it, and he said uh, he I, he could help him. He says, no, Taz, you don't get it. Back in the day, I played third in the state of Ohio in amateur wrestling, and then he just walked off. I'm just like, okay. So, MJF is next going up against Lee Johnson because he had that career-threatening hangnail. So, now he hits the salt, the uh, salt of the earth, and then, uh, of course, basically, Lee Johnson tapped out. It's just, just another jobber guy. And then um, he said next week he, he signed him up for a uh, tune-up match against Marco Stunt. So, this should be interesting. So now so he can bully him again. You damn skippy. So now it's time for the co-main event. Pineapple Pete taking on La Champion. Chris Jericho come, coming in by the inner circle. So Pineapple Pete said, look, I've been wrestling for 16 years under the name Shug D. And Chris Jericho comes out of nowhere, so I call him Pineapple Pete. Nobody know who he was. <laughs> and he says, and out of nowhere, Chris Jericho started calling me Pineapple Pete. Well, ever since that happened, my life has been great. And then he got the music in the background and starts drinking out the pineapple. So he comes in. Sounds like a. <laughs> it sounds like a. Um, oh my God. What do they call it? I don't know if you watch The Mad Singer. That's what it sounds like when they be. Uh, oh. Clues who they are. Yeah. That's what it is. So he comes out. He does the same annoying ass. And I, that roll from one side of the ring to the other. I'm just like, God. <coughs> uh, oh, what you gonna do that, dude? The. Uh, Tyler Bate. Say what? Don't Tyler Bate do that? No, no. no. Bate, uh... Trent Seven does that, but Trent Seven rolls into the ring slowly. He okay, just rolls okay. in and then rolls to about the middle and gets up. He don't roll from one side to the other. <laughs> He's inside his roll slowly. This baby just rolled throughout the whole ring. The uh, Jer- comes out with a pineapple peach shirt. And then uh, here go JR. We can see a gigantic upset here. Uh... He slapped Pete. Pete gets fired up, throws him in the corner, gives him an uppercut, throws him in the other corner, gives him an uppercut. Jericho says, okay, had enough of that. Juice effect, and that's the match. Pineapple Pete is done. So he grabs the microphone and uh, joins in the circles in the ring, and he says, now that the threat of Pineapple Pete has been vanquished. (laughs) Yo, I was dying. I was dying, because Jericho is my my motherfucker, bro. He is the shit. Yeah, Jericho is, is hilarious. He said, let's move on to the matter at hand. He says, inner circle versus elite. So, obviously, we couldn't have our war games match up because of, you know, the, the, the pandemic. But we're going to find a way to have this kind of matchup. So, he says, if that's even uh, the elite thing anymore, I mean, I haven't seen half their guys in like two months. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, Jericho! He, he played the shit. First of all, where is Adam Page? He's home. Like oh, oh, so he he don't want he he's one of the people that don't want to be part of the pandemic, right? No, he's. I think he's just home. Like just is he home. From, oh, is he from America? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm saying I'm saying he's home as in like he's just staying home to be safe until he actually has to actually wrestle. I gotcha. Like. I gotcha. Yeah. So he said, that circle's right in history, 
And then they're going to create a stadium stampede match. Wait until you see what this dastardly D, the inner circle kid, can commit to the elite in the middle of a football stadium. So lick your wounds. The inner circle is challenging the elite at double nothing to the first ever stadium stampede match. In the meantime, we'll wait here for your response, said Jericho. Then we get the buzzing noise. It's Vanguard 1. Vanguard 1 tells Jericho that they accept. And then uh, Jericho speaks to Vanguard 1 says, You thought anyone, you thought any more to our invitation to join in the circle? He says, That's all right because we got a message here for you, uh, Floyd, from Floyd, the baseball bat. And the message is this And they beat the shit out of Vanguard 1 and beat him to pieces. They killed Vanguard 1. Rest in peace. The RIP to Vanguard one day twenty sixteen to twenty twenty. Short life Vanguard one is gone. And I'm pretty then, sure they gonna have like Vanguard upgrade or Vanguard two point Yeah, two point or two and a half or something. Yeah. Matt Hardy comes from the bank and then he, he is like, No nah! you know, he has Vanguard one, the broken piece of his hands. So that's the drone. And now it's time for the main event. But, uh, real, real quick though, yeah. uh, this stadium match gonna be crazy. I already know it is, bro. It's going. It's an empty or uh, fucking empty arena. It's an empty stadium matchup where they, they probably go set up the two rings in the cage. Probably so. I don't know. But like, I I just I I know that stadium inside and out, and like they have two pools in the stadium. Ooh. So, Somebody might be going off the one of the pools or off the diving board or something. Sammy Guevara, he 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 take them bumps. <laughs> I don't know. So they got they got two pools. So somebody's gonna go off the pool. I'm assuming they have different areas like that. It's a lot of who's a lot of stuff that they can get into. Right. So they got the Joker looking stairs that somebody might fall down. Who knows? Who you know? So here's the thing: who's part of the elite? So. It's Cody, Kenny, Adam, and the Young Bucks, right? Yes, but uh, I think Cody is going to be replaced because he has a match. So Cody is going to be replaced by Hangman. I mean, by uh, Hardy. Okay, so who's replacing Hangman? Hangman, I'm pretty sure Hangman's going to show up. Okay, and is Nick going to come back? I think so. <laughs> like we got to wait till this week's episode <laughs> of BT to see if they uh, they they accept it. So yeah, but I'm saying like. I don't want to see like QT Marshall in the match. Oh, Dustin. you know, I, 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 mean, I, I mean, fuck that main event. Fuck it. <laughs> fuck that. Um, main what event. I'm saying, if it's like if it's Matt, Nick, Kenny, Hangman, and Hardy, then then yeah. Uh huh. But if it's not, then they they in trouble. <laughs> so, uh, the Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels, uh, accompanied by Scorpio side Frankie Kazarian, is taking mm-hmm. on the Exalted One Brody Lee. And the other ten members of the Dark Order, because the Dark Order sucks <laughs> all the time. I love that shit, man. So, <clears throat> uh, dancers being cautious, moving around for Brody Lee, stuff like that. Uh, these two, and I had uh, pretty sure I had a pretty decent match because you know Christopher Daniels is fifty years old or fifty plus years old. I think he's on like actually fifty. Oh, okay. Uh, Daniels went for 
the uh, second angel's wings were broke, but Brody blocked it, and then Daniels avoided Brody and hit the BME, and Brody kicked out after a two count. So, uh, then here go Jerry Ross. I think Daniels wrestled his best match and he got the AEW. Do you agree? <laughs> uh, does Steve the Mail count? No, let me stop. No, we not doing that. Uh, Daniels jumps off the top row with Brody countered with the powerbomb and followed up with a discus lariat for the victory. Afterwards, his minions come to celebrate with, uh, with the, the championship. John Moxley has seen enough. He storms down to the ring. <clears throat> And uh, Brody and and ten, <laughs> they get, they got the numbers now. Ten run away with the belt, and Moxley beats the hell out of one of the minions. So yeah, pretty much, uh, that's we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully, they do something crazy this week to get everybody hyped up for that match. Yeah, because I'm I'm like okay. Uh, he says I do not su- uh, suffer disrespect. I will not suffer fools, Mister Brody Lee. You have made a very foolish decision. One you will pay for dearly with interest. You're going to find out that on May 23rd, double nothing proclaimed John Moxley. So that's the way AEW ended. Who won for the week of your opinion? NXT or AEW? <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I probably would have to say NXT. I'm, I'm not sure. Like that Cody segment kind of brought the towel for me a lot, bro. I'm I'm gonna tell you right now. NXT won for me this week. NXT. Okay. One for me this week because I like I like the tag team matchup, like the brawl, like the main event at the end. I uh, enjoy, <clears throat> you know, that Swerve Scott has a you know storyline. I like, like I said, I like the the Gorganos, but th- there's some things that need to be changes in that stuff. And then we got the we got the announcement about in your house, so that's cool. AEW on the other hand, like I said, the main event was cool, but you know I don't like the Dark Order. Pineapple Pete and, and Chris Jericho is what I was waiting for. But it was just a squash match, so you know that was whatever. And then they, uh, everything to me kept feeling like filler. The tag team match went way too long with Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy. It doesn't need to be. The Fatal Four Way was good but sloppy, and that whole Cody and Lance Archer Jake Roberts thing did not hit the mark like it should have. So that that's my personal opinion of it. And you guys can post that in the comments if your your, your pers- my per- uh, your personal opinions about it as well. Of how you guys felt about it, uh, who won, and then now we gotta move on to our last thing for the podcast. All right, <clears throat> we, we we had to finish out with this. So, since the pandemic started, there has been this documentary that's been coming on every Sunday called "The Last Dance," which is the Michael Jordan documentary, which focuses on the 1998 Bulls team. And to do out the whole documentary, we're learning about the man Michael Jordan. The teammates and also that's been going on to it. I think it's been an excellent documentary. Would you agree? Oh, very <coughs> excellent. I think this is one of the best things ESPN did. I, <coughs> I'm just kind of disappointed they didn't have the thirty for thirty look. Uh, you know, thing. What I, I thought it was a thirty for thirty at first, but it's not. It's a whole documentary. It's a, it's a whole thing. So WWE said, "Well, or Corey Grace says, we had a Michael Jordan of our own." And of course, it's not the Undertaker because you 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 definitely heard <clears throat> or you heard. Wait a minute, brother. Those are the you know. That's something different. But when it comes to private people, the Undertaker is just as private as Michael Jordan is. And the reason why I think the Jordan documentary is going is getting uh, so much praise and everything is because Jordan is a very private person. So he's pulling back the curtain 
on some of the things that we never thought Jordan himself would talk about. And some of the things yeah, that we, yeah, or <clears throat> talk about in public. In public. Yeah, and it's like, it's been very interesting. I, I've learned a lot about Michael Jordan, and there's, there's some things that he has said that has like shocked me, upset me, and made me respect him even more and like him even more. All different kinds of range of emotions. So now, WWE has one that's not a 10-part, it's half as long. It's a five-part documentary series that comes on every Sunday called The Last Ride, which is a documentary about The Undertaker. And off the back, because Undertaker's a very private person too. There is no documentary about Undertaker. If there is, all you're doing is watching somebody narrate or you're watching matches. But there's no documentary of the Undertaker talking about his life. Yeah, because they don't really talk about his life that much. And usually when they have him, when they're interviewing him, he's usually putting over somebody else. Exactly. So this time it's all about the Undertaker. And just from watching what I've watched in episode one because episode two did come out and I, a lot of people review episode one last week so what I think I want to do is to catch up I think I want to do we, we're going to review episode one right now but I think next week maybe we'll do two you know we either do two and three or we'll just wait to the finale and just do four and five together so we'll we'll, we'll probably figure it out but for right now this was a this is a damn good documentary and I can't wait to see the other four parts yeah nah, I'm with you and you know what? It's helping me understand the Undertaker and how he does things a little bit more. Such as, so right now, the Undertaker called for a camera crew to follow him around for WrestleMania 33 because in the Undertaker's mind, WrestleMania 33 was going to be the final place. Uh-huh. That's where he was going to hang it up at. And that's why... Because Undertaker don't document stuff like this. And anybody could have thought, well, it could have been 20 and 0. It could have been 20. He didn't bring the... He asked for the camera crew. Even after WrestleMania 30, he asked for the camera crew for this WrestleMania because he felt as though this was it. So they, they had the whole camera crew around and then follow him around and everything. And uh, he, he was just like, you know, talking to you. like, what the hell happened to me? And, and he was like, like they said, what the hell happened to me? He said, you know, of how his regiment going, and then you know how he's a like almost like a former shell of himself. So it was well, yeah, I mean, he huh? is older now, so of course he can't do the same stuff, and he's not gonna be the same. No, he's not gonna be the same at all. So he talks about how there was a point where he now he would just wrestle at Wrestlemania get the surgery to repair whatever he fucked up at Wrestlemania then go to rehab didn't work out to prepare himself for the next Wrestlemania that was the year thing that was a stretch for like five years yep so so they did take the whole Jordan approach in this documentary they're showing what's happening in 2017 with the Undertaker uh, going into the hotel room, and then he's talking about stuff, you know, he don't want to embarrass himself with Roman Reigns. Then Roman Reigns comes up, he's like, could you not wait and break kayfabe for like 10 minutes? He said, man, screw your cameraman. So it was, it was kind of funny seeing that. And uh, Undertaker, he, he was walking bad. I was like, whoa, do you see the way he's walking? Very bad. And, and I was like, you could tell his hip and all that stuff is bothering him. 
And then they flash back to 1990 when Undertaker debuted and talking about, you know, uh, how he used to perform very slow, that he would just put a burst of energy, you know, take people out, and, you know, the eye roll thing, and basically the history of The Undertaker talking to all the legends. They talked to Shawn Michaels, they talked to Shane McMahon, they talked to Stone Cold, they talked to Chris Jericho, talked to AJ Styles, they talked to Bray Wyatt, they talked to Mark Henry, they talked to Ric Flair, they talked to a lot of people in this documentary, and I'm just like, this is just episode one. This was just episode one. What'd you say? I said they got a lot of episodes to go too, so I like I'm liking it. Exactly, I, I'm like I want to see who else I want to see. Even Chris Jericho, even of course they, they talked to Chris Jericho in 2017 when he was still there. But I mean, they even talked to Chris Jericho, so I was just like, wow, they have a lot of people in Zachary, and they even put Jericho stuff in there, which makes sense anyway. You have to. So then he he was talking about how the street gave him an excuse to wrestle once a year. And then at WrestleMania 30, he got concussed. Now, he doesn't remember the match. He said his earliest memory is at 3.30 that day. And he does not remember the match. Undertaker, now he said he don't know we got concussed at. I'm pretty sure he got concussed when he tried to go for that big boot and Brock caught his boot and slammed him on the floor and his head bounced off the floor. That's what he yeah, I mean, he, I mean he, could, he said it could just be trauma to his body too from not wrestling that much. Exactly, also. So he lost a streak, but he gets to the back, and Vince says we need to get some help in here because he was all smiling and dazed over, and he said, oh, this man is gone. They had to get him to the hospital, and Michelle McCool was talking. She was like, he was trying to t- cheat on his answers. Like they were asking, what's his name? And he was like, babe, come here. What's my name? And uh, trying to cheat on somebody, he didn't know his name until four a.m. that morning. Whew. And then he, and then what, this is something I didn't know. He said so. As the ambulance was going to the hospital, there was a black SUV following right behind the ambulance. And who gets out the SUV is Vince McMahon. This is WrestleMania. Vince yeah. McMahon left WrestleMania, and in the shotgun side was Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't think we. I, well, I thought that was a known thing, but no, I no, guess I, a lot of people. I, I, I mean, I mean, it, it's been a known thing. I I knew it too, but I didn't know about Brock Lesnar. Yeah, well, you know, I listen, I, I listen to a lot of interviews, so that's I, that. Yeah, so so, 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 so you knew about Brock Lesnar also? Yes, because Brock, you know, um, Brock Lesnar. Every time he hurts somebody or something, he's like right there like he's like the main concern one uh-huh like of course the hardcore holly thing he was right there calling them every day yeah or uh who else did he injure he injured somebody else i think and he was with them every day or something so when he thinks that he's injured somebody because you know he's big and powerful he's like right there but yeah he also has a certain level of respect for the undertaker though yes yes just, just like i said he don't got the same respect for Dean Ambrose like he do the other time. Oh, nah. <laughs> I mean, but if he but if he was to injure him, I'm sure he would be checking up on him though. Yeah. So yeah, he's he, he's there. They're checking up on uh him. And you know what? Those kind of concussions are scary. And you know, I was listening to the Solid Monster Sounds Off, which you guys can check out his uh podcast that he has that comes up every Sunday as well. 
he was talking about how um, the same thing happened to Bubba Ray Dudley in TLC4. Now, remember TLC4 was the yeah, one on Raw. Yeah, when, he, uh, when he got the bulldog off the top of the ladder. Yeah, oh, you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. So he got the bulldog. I Bubba Ray talking about that story all the time. Yo, him and Tommy Dream talk about this story all the time. And it's frightening to talk about that story. So pe- so he gets the bulldog off the ladder. I, was, I wanted to tell my wife this story. Uh, but she was working at the time. So he gets the ball on the ladder. He gets a very bad concussion. And then when they get to the hospital, he's just like, I want my mom. I want my mom. Can somebody go call my mom and tell my mom here? His mom is dead. She's been dead for years. And when they told him his mom was dead, he starts bawling, crying. Like it's the first time he heard this news. Yeah. Uh, like, um, he also tells that that one story of, like they told him to go do the I think they told him to go do the cutter or the bubble bomb but he was like what is that and then I guess they told him to do it and he went and then did it like he was on air pilot mode yeah and but even when after that happened he calms down he asks for his mom again and they have to tell him all over again and it was like a cycle a vicious cycle that night those are some scary kind of concussions yeah yeah yeah, and I'm just like, oh my god! So, you know, you gotta be careful with that kind of stuff. And he said there was this no recollection of the match. You went back and watched it, and then he said he didn't he doesn't know where you know where it could have happened at. But hey, that's that, that that's the that's the scary stuff about it. So, um, they, they they talk about WrestleMania a little bit. They didn't get into it like I want to. I want to get into like the, if it was the streak, like whose idea was it to end the streak and stuff like that. Was he really ready for stuff like that? But he says no. Uh, besides that, it messed up his confidence. I remember when Ric Flair had messed up confidence, and then he, uh, you, now you know, Ric Flair cried about everything. If Ric Flair sees a caterpillar fall off a branch, Ric Flair is crying about it, okay? So, <laughs> Ric Flair was crying to the Undertaker after WrestleMania 18, telling him to thank you for a good match. And he was just like, What are you crying for? You fucking Ric Flair. And he he, he would and he just lost his confidence and, and Flair lost his confidence for a span of years, not just a year. He lost his confidence for a span of a year. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, because it be like that remember at the that that nitro that they had that last nitro he wrestled Sting in a t shirt. Yep. A t shirt. Yep. Yeah. So it, Flair's confidence was really gone. So Undertaker he was kneeling down and then Triple H comes and and kneel kneels down with him and he's just like hey remember who the fuck you are you're the fucking undertaker and then so he said that little prep talk helped him out and Bray Wyatt was you know just all enamored just to be wrestling with the undertaker so they had a match at Wrestlemania 31 and then that was the year we see Undertaker do more stuff remember he had the SummerSlam match with Brock Lesnar then he had the Hell in a Cell match, which ended up being pretty damn good. It of course it wasn't a 2002 Hell in a Cell match, but for th- those guys at that age, that was a decent match. Yes, it was a very it was very decent, very nice, and the ending was good because he gave him F five on the uh, on the wood. On the wood, yep. And he gave him a him on the wood. He tried to do the tombstone. I was like, it, it was. I was like, that was creative because then a- after they did that, then that's when everybody started pulling up the wood and shit. But you know. Uh, and he said, you know, he his confidence came a little bit back, and he started doing other things. So then they jumped to 
Royal Rumble of 2017. Uh-huh. Yeah. was wearing the white socks. So, he was in there, and he said, they obviously got to set up the story for him and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 33, and he was looking around, he was just like, what the fuck am I doing in here? I do not belong in this match. And remember, I, I now, you, we got to go back some years on my podcast, but I remember me making fun of that Royal Rumble because remember, and I, of course you was on there with me. I was like, I saw Undertaker timing Goldberg's spear by the yeah, millisecond. Before it. <laughs> and I was just like, Making fun of him, talking about, he's like, one, two, three, go! It's just like, because he was timing that spear. Because I was like, Undertaker just looks bad in this matchup. He really does. But they had to set up for him and uh, Roman Reigns in that matchup. And uh, they go, they go into the Hall of Fame, and then he's talking about, first of all, hearing Undertaker and Roman Reigns have dad talk is hilarious to me. He introduced him to his wife. He said, hey, nice to meet you. And he says, you know, when Michelle saw a picture of, you, of the twins the other day, he was like, oh, she started to get the fever? She got the baby fever? And he was just like, you know, man, she got the baby fever. But, you know, he says, look, I, uh, he says, you know, I, I'm a shoot my shot type of guy. I'm not a game type guy. And he's like, this man is 50s. He don't need no more kids. But Michelle trying to have some babies, man. I'm just saying, you know, that right now. And seeing seeing him being personable at WrestleMania uh, 33 backstage, and everybody come up to him, like, you know, the Miz is coming up to him. Jericho was just like, wait a minute. The Undertaker is here with a camera crew. Are you documenting this? <laughs> he, was, he was just like, is this, because everybody was like, if, if he's documenting this, this got to be the last match. Yeah, yeah, says, that's how, I'm pretty sure that's how a lot of people was, because, um, Undertaker was on some show, and he was like, he used to didn't like people around. He he didn't used to like to take pictures or anything because he didn't know where that was going. So he was like, no, nah, I'm I'm sticking with this gimmick and with this character. So exactly. So you know the match happens. The match is shit. Okay. Yeah. We we've seen it. We reviewed it. But Undertaker takes off the cow, and he retired. Assuming he takes off the hat. The gloves, the jacket. He retires. Yeah, because yeah. if he knew his match was bad, he was disappointed in it. Could he just tell Vince or somebody to tell Vince to call it off, call off the pyro and the, all that stuff? If he knew right then and there that he was he was not satisfied. Uh, he would probably have to go talk to the ref, and maybe the ref got an earpiece in it to, you know, to, to tell Vince about that. But the dad would also ruin the end of the show at WrestleMania. This was the main well, event. Okay. Look, see, you're saying well, okay, but you know if you go back and talk to 2017 prime time, you'll be pissed off if the if the uh, the ending don't go as memorable as you wanted to go because the match is already shit. I'm saying yeah. if he knew the match was, yeah, and he knows by the time he's taking that spear, looking old, taking the spear, he was like, oh, I'm gonna have to do this over. He knows right then and there. If he he knows in his mind that. He wants to redeem himself right then and there. I, you know, honestly, I don't think at that point he knew he wanted to redeem himself. I think it was a thing where, I know, hey, I, you know, he wanted to redeem himself right after that Goldberg match. <laughs> so I, he has to know. He has to know. Like he has to have that feeling. Like, oh, this is not. 
this is not good. Yeah, look, I get it. But I'm just saying that at that point, there was no point of redeeming at the point because he, he had it in his mind that he was going to retire. So I'm going to see what the next episode has in store and what, because I want to know what was the purpose of the John Cena match. That's the one that really got, like pissed me off. I was like, the whole John Cena thing was, was bullshit to me. He probably couldn't take no bumps. He didn't take no bump at all. So he probably just couldn't take a bump. And I'm just like, first of all, if for seeing to be able to, like, you know what, it's cool. You, you, I, I'll take the squash. It, you know, something like legendary for Cena. But guys, that was episode one. Awesome episode. You guys gotta check it out. Me and Prime are gonna be back next week for episode two. I know they're gonna have three. Like I said, we, we, we're gonna decide how we're gonna do. You know, the episode stuff like that. I rec- you, you gotta watch it because look, the last dance and the last ride are two great documentaries right now. Yeah. It, hey. Very great. Yeah, very great. So make sure you check that out. This may be because everybody was talking about some yo. The Edge documentary on Twenty Four is the best one they ever did. Well, this one just beat the Edge documentary in my opinion. And Edge was good. Edge, did, did, did you see Edge of Twenty Four? Uh, yes, I did. But that is kind of really nothing compared to like what they doing with Taker. I feel like I, I do agree with that. All right, guys. So it's time for us to get out of here. So. Uh, God, make sure you guys go check out spacesfully.com that's going to be a part of check out the, all the great shows they have on there Lulu and Pop Lulu and Pop Horror Show uh, Both Sides and Market Dark Show check out all our great stuff on there as the No Give Me Seen of Seen Podcast the Nerdgasm Talk Podcast Turntable Sip Our Culture and Beyond Drunk Thoughts Sober Tongues and Ballers Lounge check us out on all your podcast apps this is Stitcher Google Play uh, Spotify you know, uh, Apple Podcasts and uh, YouTube Premium. Check us out on all that great stuff. And make sure you guys check out TheRealNerdCoalition.com. TheRealNerdCoalition.com, your place for all Nerd Coalition stuff. Your Nerd Coalition merch is there as well. You get the Shazam logo, uh, the Nerd Coalition Shazam logo. You get the regular logo. You get uh, the retro logo. And you can also get the No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling Podcast Sure, that's Teespring slash Nerd Coalition, or you just go right to our website, and you also can get yourself the QFlow merch. Q, who usually is my co-host on the podcast, has been on there for a while. You guys should check him out because he still does the music at the end, still waiting on a whole new song as well as that as well. So you guys can check him out on there uh, with the War Drum, his album that he dropped, and his merch on there, the Layover uh, T-shirts, Layover hoodie, Layover dad hats, and all that great stuff. So, Primetime, th- thank you for rocking out with me on this podcast. See, so, we didn't have to do part one or part two this week. We did it all in one shot. Oh, yeah. All right. So, it was good. So, next week, uh, you know, we're we going to have things to talk about as well. So, uh, stay tuned for all that great stuff. Stay tuned for all the great content coming up. My Raw SmackDown review uh, should be up uh, Tuesday morning because it ever since Friday's stuff is hard for me to review anyway. And to get up on Saturday. Because <clears throat> we got so much gameplay and podcasts and stuff to do on the weekends. And it's the weekend. I'm just like, oh, my God. I forgot about SmackDown. I'm like, it, when it was on Tuesday, y'all had that on Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? When it, and then I don't mind doing it. Too, like, Tuesday morning Raw, Wednesday morning SmackDown. But this time, I'm just like, man, this don't be this don't be drawn. But anyway, so once again, uh, this is NC Place to Be. Show me what i and not Deion Sands for prime time. All right, y'all. All right, and Q Flow, wherever you're at, take us out.
to your ears, welcome to the show We don't need any gimmicks, you already know So sit back, relax, and hit the like button Go and share with your friends and keep the likes coming Swag on trivia and prompts top five Either way it's fun and you're hearing it live Join with your host, Mr. A&E Yeah, you know it's the place to be, it's NC Here at Mountain Dew, it's easy to tell who really loves the outdoors. For one thing, there's the rack on your car and the hitch on the back of your truck. There's your garage full of toys, from dirt bikes to wakeboards. And there's your cooler full of Mountain Dew. Always at the ready. Because when it's time to get out there, you know, climb into your deer stand or your fishing boat, a cooler of ice-cold Mountain Dew, that's as important a piece of outdoor gear as your spinning rod or your four-wheeler. Mountain Dew. Get out and do.